Alvin, you've disgraced me for the last time. <laughs> just like Gary Cooper, huh? I think the cartoon just started. Welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated, and uh, it's a sequel episode, because uh, we got, uh, well, first off, I'm your host, Laser J, and I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy. Hey, it's Kai. How's it going, everybody? And we're joined by our most reoccurring guest, Yeah, KP. good. Yep. I'm sorry I couldn't hear you after this, me stealing the podcast. Just as it said on my calling card that you will always refuse to read. Wrong energy. Wrong energy, because it's oh. not Lupin this time. Oh. It's, uh... Carmen, too. Carmen doesn't leave a calling card. Fair. Yeah. Uh... Where's my Lupin-Carmen-San Diego crossover? Please. I would die. I know you would. That would be very fun. But that's right. It's a sequel to our third most popular episode, Kim Possible and Carmen Sandiego, the 2019 series. Or the... Wow, really? Our third most popular episode? Or According to our RSS feed analytics, it is the third most downloaded episode. Neat. Isn't, isn't uh, the Lupin episode the most popular one? Uh, let me double check. The last that was the last I had heard was that the Lupin episode was our most popular episode. Give me one. Wouldn't be surprised. Lupin podcast. We there's only one competitor for a Lupin podcast, and I'm sure they're fine. I haven't listened to them yet. <laughs> uh, but if they're listening, hi, hello. I will be listening to you eventually. No, our Promised. most downloaded episode is rose-colored glasses season one episode nine really the one where we talked about swan princess and uh quest for camelot rescuer. no no swan oh princess rescuers and yeah 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 rescuers, swan princess yes. and rescuers yeah really uh yep second most downloaded is our uh first episode a squeaky quacky and written tootin i mean that makes hmm. sense yeah the first episode right yeah but anyway on our analytic on on the RSS analytics, um, Lupin is not even. I could have swore you had told me that it was the most downloaded one. It might that might have been on either Spotify or iTunes. Oh right, they have they all have different analytics. Yeah. Yeah, on iTunes. Uh, it might have been the most downloaded one on iTunes or something. Yeah. Analytics are fake. Analytics are fake. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Still, it, it's a good measure of tracking. I, I like I like using it. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, enough inside baseball for now. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into the show, and we do have upkeep this week. Uh, we got two episodes of Owl House to talk about. We got some shenanigans going on there because we're recording that at a later date, and then I'll cut it in. Whatever. Uh, yeah, because as as of this recording, we're recording earlier than we usually do, so the second episode of well, technically episode three of Our House hasn't aired yet, 
Yeah. So we'll be recording that after this recording. Yeah. Uh, but before we can get into any of that, I would like to apologize. We got a bit of a electrical storm going on over here in uh, Casa del Laser. It, it's Tampa in the summer, so it's thunderstorm time. So you, I'm, I'm going to try to edit out as much of that as I can, but if something creeps through, it creeps through. And we might lose power in the middle of recording, which will cause shenanigans. Technical uh, difficulties. Yeah. Which, oh man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's just hop into our weeks real quick. Uh, KP, you're the guest. What have you got for us? I mean, I haven't really been up to much just this week. Um, I have started, we half started a uh, Joey and I, Kai and I, a um, t- t- tabletop project that may or may not go anywhere. Oh, um, right. Uh, powered by the apocalypse system is the only thing I'm gonna say on that. Yeah, because well, I don't want to get too excited. Yeah, um, work where we might be doing a, a thing, but okay. we'll see. Um, but the, uh, this week all I've really been doing is playing a lot of Dead by Daylight <laughs> and ah. uh, applying to a new job. So, uh, with any luck, I will get out of customer service. Woo! Fuck retail. Well, yeah. technically, it's, technically, it's not retail, but it, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, who's your favorite killer to play in Dead by Daylight? I don't play killer. I play Survivor. Oh, I okay. Like, I picked it up because I like the idea of it being like a competitive stealth game. Asymmetrical. So, like, my job is to not get seen, so I'll play it like a stealth game. Am I good at that? No. Is it? A, do killers complain about that all the time? Yes. Do I care? No. You know, I know that Konami, you know, fucking sucks, but you know what I would play? Nemesis? No, no. Well, that's Capcom, but, um... Oh, right. An ace... Well, they also put in Pyramid Head, to be fair, but anyway, an asymmetrical, Mm -hmm. um, multiplayer game where a bunch... Most of the players were, like, uh, mook agents, and then one person was Solid Snake. Hmm. Metal Gear Online. Yeah, Metal Gear Online. One person is Solid Snake, everybody else is trying to catch Solid Snake. There is a Metal Gear Online, isn't it? I don't think it's that, though. It's, it's not, not that? Okay. It's not It's not that, unfortunately. Okay. I think it's just an FPS-type deal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Yeah. That's horrible. This is apocryphal. I don't need anyone coming into my mentions. They, they do... They did add Nemesis, though, to Dead by Daylight, which I'm happy about. Because yes. literally, like, a... a like a month ago, we were talking about characters we wanted to see in Dead by Daylight, and I said, I want a Resident Evil representative. I either want Mr. X or I want Nemesis. And yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah. I just want them to listen to me finally and put in one of the animatronics from the Banana Splits movie. God. <laughs> you know the Banana Splits are in that new Jellystone cartoon? Oh my god. Yes. Really? Yes, really. <laughs> Everybody's in it. All the warriors. Okay. Even Johnny Quest and Haji. Mm-hmm. All Hannah Barbera. Oh, God, I hope the Herculoids are in it. I hope the Herculoids are in it. Yeah. I love the Herculoids. 
anyway. It does seem to be missing uh, the Flintstones. You know, I know we don't talk about this sort of thing usually, but like, and I wanted to mention it last time, but like, but um, trailers and stuff for animated things, since I just mentioned yeah. the Jellystone trailer came out. Yeah. We all, like, I wanted to mention it last time, but the, the fucking He-Man and the Masters of the Universe uh, revelation thing looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I, um, I was, at first I was down on it, and then I was skeptical of it. Uh, but but now I'm, I'm I'm pretty hyped for it. I think well, f- what what sold me on it was you them using, I need a hero for the trailer. Like I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm here <laughs> for this energy. I just lean into the camp. Yeah, I'm feeling a little burnt on it because it was like three things using it in like a two week period. Mm-hmm. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy game also used it, and then there was something else I can't remember. I think I had just rewatched Shrek Two for no reason other than I felt like watching Shrek Two. <laughs> I'm looking forward to eventually talking about Shrek. Yeah, but if I... we're gonna talk about trailers, there's also the really bad Netflix trailer that dropped Q-Force. recently. Q Force. <sighs> With which Laser's not allowed to have an opinion on, but uh, Kai and I are. <laughs> I just... Why? Why do we keep doing this? There are certain characters uh, that I think have fine designs. The main dude. The um, black lesbian character. She's She seems fine, but I she's, haven't seen a lot of her. Yeah, she seems the, great. Uh, character with the gauges and like the halftone hair is like, okay, I've seen that person exist. It's I the, don't like anyone else. It's... The the one that gets me is the blue haired guy who is the really prototypical literally named Twink. The yeah, flaming homosexual stereotype. Literally uh, named Twink. I uh, actually the character's name. I fucking hate. I hate. That's it. That's it. I just hate. <sighs> I saw but... one take on it that I really like. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. If it's bad. Let me know so I can cut it and apologize. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> Q-Force is clearly designed by uh, a bunch of uh, fun pizza moms. Yes. Mm. Wine no, moms here's... who only know one gay person? Yeah. I, I understand the, the thing. As far as I understand... The half of the um, creators of the show are in fact LGBT. Okay. Yeah. Half but... of them are, but only half, and probably the sellout to the straights type. Yeah, sellout to the straights yeah. slash they wanted to make a different show, but to make it marketable, executive meddling, blah blah blah. Yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You know how it you know how it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other trailer. That came out recently that we all probably also oh, was the. I, I, I do have an actual opinion mm-hmm. about it that it, it doesn't really have to. It, it's just about the art style and like mm-hmm. the production quality, not yeah. about anything like that. It really gave me like drawn together vibes. Oh, yeah. Total drama mm-hmm. island, also. Yeah. 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 Um, there was the. the Anyway, the new other trailer that I thought was notable was um, the trailer for the new Scooby Doo thing. Yeah, Scooby Doo, Courage Cowardly Dog. That that does sound pretty fun. It looks great. 
It looks great. It looks like they were like, okay, we want to do both a Scooby-Doo episode and a Courage episode. And everyone, okay, got it covered. We can, we can do that. Yeah. I, and I like... they didn't lean away from the different art styles, which mm-hmm. I find fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, the, the monsters are kind of like this weird, like, step in between a Courage monster and a Scooby-Doo monster. But it's got yeah. the really small Courage-style monsters to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. And, like, some of the people in the background are Scooby-style, and some of them are Courage-style. So it's this... It reminds me of the um, Phoenix Wright uh, Professor Layton crossover. Oh, yes. yeah. Which also was like, we're not going to lean away from the art style difference. We're, in fact, going to lean into it. That's good. I like that they're not yeah, leaning away from I, it. I feel like when you don't do that, half of the audience is pissed off. And if you go the other art style route, the other half is pissed off. Yeah. Uh, so this is probably the best way to go about it, really. You, you know what I hope? Is that um this leads to them... um doing other crossovers with their other Cartoon Network products that will work. Because remember that the best Johnny Bravo episode ever where it was just an Scooby episode Doo. Of yeah. Scooby-Doo? Yeah. <laughs> be Velma was trying to flirt with Johnny the whole time. I mean, listen. If you disregard Johnny being like a piece of shit, he is pretty handsome. Yeah. Like, if, if, he, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he was a real guy... You'd be pretty handsome. And this is... No, I, I agree. Before any version of Scooby-Doo ever hinted at Shaggy and Velma. Yeah. It was also before the modern interpretation of Velma being turbo-lesbian. Yeah. Yeah, and then the modern, modern interpretation of the uh, Scooby gang is a polycule. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm here for. But um, anyway, I just wanted to mention those just because, like, I know we don't usually mention that stuff, but, like, if there's anything notable, I actually kind of do want to talk about it. Yeah. But anyway, that was your, that's your week, Kippy? Yes. Kippy? Yes, I, they said yes. Okay, I, I didn't hear you, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. No, no, you're good. Uh, um, Kai, what about you? Uh, so, I, I think I'll talk about the non-animated stuff first. Okay. The there's a YouTube channel that I uh I had forgotten about, but I'm like, why didn't I stop why did I stop watching this? It's a YouTube channel called um I showed this to KP not long ago. It's called Technology Connections. Oh yeah. Um hmm. the it's about this guy this guy he just shows you how like old and new technology works. Hmm. The episode that got me in was he did an episode about antique toasters. Oh yeah, you showed me that one. It's, okay. it's fucking fascinating. I, I and also been. the explanation that to- there's a specific type of toast from the '60s that is far more simple and also far more advanced than any modern toaster. It's like I, not to spoil anything, but like it, you put bread in it and you don't have to push any lever or anything. It just falls into falls in there automatically. And then it comes back up perfectly. So why and how does it do that? You have to watch the episode to find out. Oh, like, my, it's... my grandparents had one like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it like doesn't pop or anything. It just slowly so... goes down yeah. and yeah. slowly comes up. The mechanics yeah. 
and like the simplicity of its engineering and him talking about it are so fucking fascinating. Yeah, that does sound really fun. Yeah, and he talked about other stuff too. Like recently he did a video about like how old uh, CRT TVs work with like scan lines and all that shit. Yeah. And the magnets and the uh, vertical uh, and horizontal uh, tubes and all that shit. And he yeah. did an episode about like how a sprinkler works, like the little like turning sprinklers. Yeah. And all kinds of other shit like that. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, let me see, what was the other one? My dad used to repair toasters, like when he was in high school. Oh. Neat. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, I, uh, finally started reading, um, the next book in my Read of the Discworld series. Nice. That would be, uh, Mort? Yeah, Mort. Mort is, like, one of the first books to focus on death. Even though he's not oh, the main yeah. character. He's not the main character of that. It's uh, this guy named Mort. Who uh, falls in love with Death's adopted daughter. I've, I've heard about this one. Yeah, I think yeah. you told me about this one. Yeah, I finally started reading that. And of course, Discworld is Discworld, you know? Yeah. Consistently charming and witty and just great. Uh, that That is Terry Pratchett, right? Yeah, Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to read the books in publication order. I just wanted to. I, I that That's generally how I like to approach book series that are mm-hmm. loosely connected. Mm-hmm. Because there's, like, bits of lore that he introduces in, like, books, and then they come back later in other books, and it's like, that oh, bit yeah. of lore was introduced in a, in a specific order, so I, like, I kind of want to, you know, see Th- it as is... it... You know. Yeah, that this is why we we had this conversation, a similar conversation, a while ago when that uh, Redwall series was announced for Netflix. Oh right, yeah. I wanted, yeah. We talked about which things we wanted to see adapted. Yeah, I would really like it. I, I realize they can't adapt all eighteen books. Uh, that that's not realistic, and there's a lot that aren't that important to. There's like, twenty five of them actually. 25? Okay, sorry. Last time I counted, it was 18. There's uh, a lot. I mean, I own them all. I should know the number. Um, uh, not counting the, like, guidebooks or the cookbook. But Yeah, the, yeah, I, no, uh, for sure. Yeah. I want to own the cookbook. I do, too. I also want to own the... I used to have one of those little, like, guidebooks that talked about all the, like, the little badger lords. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I used to have one of those. I don't know what happened to it, but... Besides the point, that's why I argued they should really do it in publication. That that's why I think it's important to go Redwall, then Mossflower, then Matimo. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, just because there, there's stuff that's in. That, I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting away. Let, let's get back to Discworld. No, no, no. I, I didn't have too much to say, but I've, I'm only a few chapters in, so I don't have too much to comment okay. on just yet. Okay. So you're fine, and I don't mind going on a Redwall tangent because any excuse to talk about Redwall, I'll take it. Yeah, I've I'm going I've... to hmm? insert here thing I forgot to talk about that is related to books. Okay. Just wedging this tangent in here. I actually started a um little mini book club thing with a friend of friend of mine. Oh nice. Friend of ours? Um Oh yeah. Where um 
I will eventually be reading the Mistborn series in exchange for my friend reading uh, the Pendragon series. Oh. I um, only know one of those. The Pendragon series I need to finish before uh-huh. I can officially start Mistborn because I could never find the last two books as a kid. Like, no matter how hard I tried. Yeah, I would and I, I would love to do a book them. club just because it would give me more of an excuse to read. Well, I have told you before, and I will say it again for the podcast, just read Pendragon. Because I'm still finishing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend has simply started it. Yeah. Our friend and pop, uh, avid listener to this podcast. Yes. Uh, that would be Blake. Now uh, going yeah. by now going by Abby. Abby. Yes. Okay. He listens to every episode of this podcast. Hi, Abby. Hi, Abby. Hello, Abby. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading. That's been fun. That was that was my that was my side tangent. Yeah. You know what? Just this is a random aside. What is your favorite Redwall book, Laser? Me. Yeah. Uh That's a tough one because there's there's the one there's like different metrics, you know, there's the one that I'm most nostalgic for and then there's the one that I know I've read the most times and I mm-hmm. can't decide between the two of them. Yeah. Uh and it's a uh, Lord Brock Tree for the one I'm most nostalgic for and then the one I read the most times is uh, Rackety Tam. Uh my favorite is Mariel of Redwall. Mariel of Redwall is very damn good, and it's the one I've read the fewest times. Um, yeah, yeah. And it it it's sadly the reason I read the least times is because I read the Bellmaker first. Ugh! He, I I hate the Bellmaker so much because it's like it was a sequel to my favorite, and it's it's I hate it. The Bellmaker is so fucking boring. Yeah, it really is. I oh, like it because we worst. see a different part of the geography than we usually do. We almost never head to the south. It's always we're either going east or west, and we hear about the south, and we hear about the north, but this time we actually go south, and I like that. Yeah, like, it's just disappointing because Mario yeah. of Redwall is so good. Yeah. Mariel is absolutely one of... Mariel, Mariel. I, I, I say Mariel because I... I'm from the Northeast, and A's are automatically yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to horn in or whatever. Um, uh, I love her gullwhacker. The fuck yeah, KP. The the mm-hmm. most most main characters of the Red Ball series, if they're mice, usually wield like this like Excalibur type sword called the the Sword of Martin. Made from a star fallen Ma- from the sky. Made from a meteorite. Forged in the halls of Salamandastron by the Badger Lord. Oh, I forgot his name. Wasn't it? Uh huh. It was Brock Tree's uh, son. It was. Bore the Mighty. Bore the Mighty, yeah. Yeah, Bore the Mighty, yeah. <clears throat> son of Brock Tree's. Son of Brock Tree. Uh, but anyway. Grandson of Graystray? I forget. It's been a long time. Yep. I enjoy listening to this, but just imagine my eyes glazing over. I know, you, you need to <laughs> hear this part. You need to hear this part, because okay. the main okay, character okay. of Mario Lovervo is Mario, 
and in, uh-huh, and uh-huh. the secondary character who is another mouse from the abbey uses the sword but he's not the main in fact he's very he's super not important even though he uses the sword and mariel instead of using the sword just uses a rope with a fucking knot tied at the end of it and soaked in seawater and beats shit out of people with it <laughs> yeah it's called her and it's called gull whacker because the first thing Some... she killed with it was a gull Sometimes you just gotta beat a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, I love blunt force trauma weapons. Yeah. Sunflash anyway. the mace. That's why Sunflash the mace is my favorite. Oh yeah, Sunflash uh, is cool. Is my favorite uh, Badger Lord. Yeah. Yeah, Sunflash. But uh, well, he also has a cool Falcon friend. You know? Osprey. Osprey. Yeah. Os- oh yeah, he's an Osprey. Yeah, yeah. Sunflash is cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Red Ball Tangent over. Red Ball Tangent over. Uh, the last thing that I want to talk about was the animated thing, which is I watched most of the the new Shimatsu no Valkyrie slash Record of Ragnarok Netflix anime. Nice. It's disappointing. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm unsurprised. It's it the. I really want to. I really wanted to like it because I really like the manga. Yeah. But it's like the just to the fight with Adam and Zeus, the the latter half of the the that final fist like that fist fight that they have, the exchange where they grab each other's heads. Mhm. It turns into a slideshow. <sighs> it's really disappointing. Yeah. Like I probably the middle... spent the entire budget on another fight. I'm in the middle of the Kojiro Poseidon fight, and if that fight is also disappointing, I am writing this entire anime off. I feel like that is the one where the budget would end up. Exactly, because it's the last fight. Because yeah. they didn't, they didn't, they're not doing the Hercules Jack the Ripper fight. Yeah. Also, because at the point where they're at, it's definitely the most interesting of the fights. I I keep saying this. I really like the Jack and Hercules fight. I know you do. It's my favorite um, fight. Yeah. My but, favorite um, is the the current one. I don't know if oh, you're up to date on the manga. The Buddha versus the God of Misfortune? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I haven't caught up yet, but I know what, what's going on. Alright, yeah. I, I'm really enjoying that. I, I just like the, this, the... I find the depiction of Buddha very fun. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sure is... there's people who are offended by it, and I... I don't yeah. want to invalidate their Opinion. offense at it. Yeah. Uh, because I, I definitely think it's valid. I would be kind of pissed if someone portrayed Moses in a certain way or Abraham in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. I think they tried King to steer David clear of whatever. Uh... But yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I, I'm just... The, the easiest way for me to do this is to bring it to something person to a personal level oh, to no, one right. that is yeah yeah, yeah I um uh so like i i i agree with their state if, if people are offended by that i think they're valid i, I don't think they're whatever I um heard anything about people getting up in arms or i'd say it doesn't exist i yeah. haven't heard anything so i think you're good well yeah i, know I, I that... just i don't know anyone from tibet so I, well, I, uh, I know for a fact that the anime is banned in Netflix India because of its depiction of Shiva. I'm unsurprised that at that. Yeah. 
unshocking. Yeah. I just haven't heard anything about the depiction of uh, Siddhartha, uh, Siddhartha, Siddhartha Gautama. Gautama. Buddha. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm bad at these pronouncements. The, the Gautama Buddha. Have you seen what he yeah. looks like in Record of Ragnarok, KP? No. You should look him up real quick because it's certainly a design. Imagine one of the giant Buddha statues that's in South Asia and then dress him like a kind of lazy delinquent from Japan. And give him a sucker. A lollipop. But yes. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I dig the design. I think it's cute. I don't think it's a good design for Buddha. That's got to be my take. It's a very interesting interpretation of the Gautama Buddha. The um, fact that he's eating anything at all, I think, might be a problem, actually. Genuinely. Isn't his whole thing at the by the end of his star, um, fasting the whole middle path, though? I don't. This is listen. above our pay grade. I'm gonna just stop this right I, now. I am not. I am not a Buddhist, and I, I can't. I, yeah, this is, this is just if far. I if, if you asked me, if you ask me to design it, that's what I would have told you. Yeah. Now the fact that he is uh, in at least one of these pictures wearing a Nirvana T-shirt, I find very funny. Oh yeah, it's a Nirvana yeah, like Lotus T-shirt. Yeah. It's a very no, good. no. It's just one of these pictures is just saying the word Nirvana with like the Nirvana band logo. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the 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 human fighter that I the actually there there are a couple of human fighters that we know of that I'm like, I want to know what the fuck they're gonna do in these fights is Nikola Tesla, Nostradamus, and fucking Rasputin. Nostradamus feels like an Ultra Instinct fight. Tesla's gonna do some, like, electricity tech- technology shenanigans or some. I'm the modern mm-hmm. Zeus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And then, fucking, I don't know what the fuck Rasputin is gonna do. Who knows? He's a crazy, weird cultist that is unkillable. Like, they can do a whole, they can do anything. He could summon demons. He could, he could just be Rocky, you know? They keep beating him, but he keeps getting back up. Like, he's just immortal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is, like, the legend most known... One of the legends he's most known for. I can't say any particular re- legend about Rasputin is the most known legend about Rasputin. But it's... Yeah, yeah Rus- The one that's in the song is he... They keep trying to kill him. He got back up. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't shoot him. They couldn't drown him. They couldn't poison him. Yeah. And the god I'm looking forward to most seeing is Susanoo. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be cool. Anyway, yeah. that's uh, the, that's you. The, the, Sh- the Shimatsu no Valkyrie anime is really disappointing. I'm very sad. Yeah. Anyway, what's up with you, Laser? The Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out relatively uh, recently. I did yeah. not get it because oh. I don't have $60 to spend on it, but it did make me want... I do own every Mass Effect game, though, mm-hmm. uh, on PC, so I did uh, feel the urge to go back to Mass Effect 2. Uh, so I'm I'm up to the I'm doing like loyalty quests at this point. I, I'm up ah. to the Reaper IFF. Um, gotcha. I'm trying to do it so I can get 
Reaper's loyalty, not Reaper's, um, Legion's loyalty mission, and also not lose anyone in the uh, suicide run. So I'm, I'm trying to carefully balance that, but I'm also, I don't know if I'm, it's been like three days since I played, or two days since I played, so I don't know if I'm actually going to go back to it. Uh, it was literally just to scratch an itch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that. Um, I started reading a book that I got, like, you ever go to Barnes & Noble and you see their red dot sales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, a year more ago, I picked up a, uh, like a a sci-fi book at one of those called, uh, Dark Run. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, um, it's, um... It's okay. Uh, ah. I'm not done with it. I'm about a little over halfway through it. It's trying really, really hard to take every valid complaint about Firefly and fix it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, while also being Firefly. I mean, um, people want more Firefly. Yeah, no, I'm always down for Space Western. Um... It literally before you even get to a prologue or anything like that, it just had usually acknowledgements come at usually like the end of the book, sometimes at the start. This is one where it does it at the start, and literally the first thing is I want to apologize. Um I am obviously a white guy from England and I wanted to try to portray uh people of color in this and I have tried to consult with you know, people from those ethnicities and races. Um, and I've tried to be faithful to what they, what I, what I got back. I'm just not sure I did very good. So I would like to apologize. You know <laughs> and what? That, uh, yeah, I respect you know, that. Kudos. Yeah. Um, yeah, I respect it. Yeah. Uh, I'm also just not sure if he's done a very good job. Uh, but I, I haven't seen anything be like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bad, but yeah, it's, uh, totally, it, it, um, it's not knocking my socks off, but I think I got it for like $5, so I'm not bent out of shape. Yeah, when you buy something for $5, it's like, eh, I'm okay if it's- Got your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. got what you paid for. I'm gonna finish it, like at the very least. Like it, it's not like Ugh, I'm bored. I'm definitely interested. Usually, once I pick it up, I don't want to put it down. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find the full information. It, it does some real interesting stuff with um, like the science part of like how shit works. That I think is very interesting. Uh, it. it Dark Run by Mike Brooks. Hmm. Uh, and it's part of a series called the Keiko series, uh, which mm-hmm. is the name of the ship. Okay. Sequel is out already, but I don't know anything about it. Okay. Other than that, I've, other than those two things, I've really just kind of lazy. I've, I've had school stuff and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. I, I did some painting, but other than that, nothing really. Nothing to talk about. Uh, okay. So, we're gonna cut here. Three days later. Alright, uh, we're back from that quick cut. 
And uh, KP's not with us, but he'll be back in the next segment uh, mm-hmm. as you go back to the past. So let's just uh, get with upkeep and starting out with two news items that have dropped in the days since we recorded the opening in the week segment. Uh, Sing 2 trailer dropped, which I know who cares about Sing. I think it's a fun movie, so I felt like mentioning it. It's it's fine movie. I'm just like, did it need a sequel? You know? Oh, no, not at all. But I'm still going to enjoy it. It's like, it's just a cash grab, but it can be it a is. fun I cash mean, grab. I mean, that's Illumination's thing, right? Yeah, it's like that. every movie they make is like the bare minimum of effort. I would say since Despicable Me. Since Despicable Me, yes. And they've just been banking on minions and doing the bare minimum of effort with their films. Yeah. Despicable Me, in a vacuum, on its own, Despicable Me is a good movie. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, I don't even argue... Yeah, I'd say... Yeah, I would argue since Despicable Me, it's just been cash grabs. Yeah, because Secret... No one cares about Secret Life of Pets and fucking I hate all the Minions movies oh, and the Despicable Me, se- Despicable Me sequels. And... I saw the second one and I liked it. Uh, the second Despicable Me? Yeah. It's okay. It's, yeah. I mean, that's Basically what you could say about most Illumination films, they're okay, but that's not, they're bad. Yeah, they're, again, it's bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I have not personally seen the Lorax, and I know things went really bad with the one slur, but I bet it's a perfectly good movie. It's... It's not. It's not? It's no. It's not. Okay. It, there's, the Lorax, there's a good movie in the Lorax, but it's, like, buried beneath. Is it the 1960s Lorax? (laughs) Well, no, it's just buried beneath a bunch of superfluous shit that didn't need to be in the movie. So the 1960s Lorax. Yes. (laughs) It's like, why bother when the 1960s Lorax is perfectly fine it's like why bother with the bandersnatch cumberbun grinch oh yeah when the now to be fair to be fair i say that but i like the jim carrey grinch movie yeah i mean it's jim that's just because that's just because jim carrey steals the show he steals his own show (laughs) yeah jim carrey has back problems carrying that movie yeah uh, I, I will say I have a, a special ire for Secret Life, Life, Secret Life of Pets because I uh, was working at PetSmart when that movie came out and there was huge cross oh, promotions. Oh, no. And the characters were plastered all over the store. Oh. And I just associate... Every time I see them, I start feeling the pain in the soles of my feet and the, my lower back again. The hell of retail. Yeah. Uh... So I have special ire for that. But mm-hmm. uh I never saw Minions. I want to see Despicable Me 3 because I just I f- complete the set, you know? I've seen the first two, might as well see the third. 
Yeah. Uh, I always forget Hop exists. <laughs> right. That movie does the sure exist. Yeah. Uh, but that's enough about Illumination. The other news item is uh, Chainsaw Man anime drop do- done by uh, Studio Mappa. Hell yeah. Uh, looks pretty good. Looks tasty. Yeah, Mappa, Mappa is getting some work. Yeah. I feel like Mappa might be the new Madhouse. I can see I that. Like they're the they 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 haven't really they hadn't really done a whole lot before a few years ago. Yeah, I re- but now they've just had like hit after hit after hit. Yeah. I feel like the th- big thing that put them on my radar was that one we talked about uh we did for the show i can't remember the name now but it with the, uh, oh, uh, the big robots and the listen listeners listeners yeah listeners. Really and then they did that. um then they did a uh, fucking uh jujitsu that's right they did do jujitsu okay yes yeah looking forward now to they're about that. now they're doing this yeah well all right that that looks like it'll be pretty good uh um, oh yeah for sure i definitely plan on reading the manga between then and now uh yeah I've been meaning to check out Chainsaw Man's Pistol because it's one it one, it's over. And oh. two Yeah, it's over, it ended. Um people have told me that the the experience like the entirety of Chainsaw Man, like once you get the whole thing, is worth your time, apparently. Nice. Nice. So I'm really loving this run of really tight short-lived uh comparatively short-lived shonen series oh yeah i i much prefer it over the unnecessarily bloated um fucking beating the dead horse shonen stuff like we had with bleach and naruto Naruto and um dragon ball really yeah and i know one piece is very well done and very planned out but it is still ridiculously long one piece is literally the exception that proves the rule yeah (laughs) one piece is the only one yeah like one piece has had its ups and downs but it's never even at its worst one piece has never been as bad as bleach or naruto at its worst that's saying something it really is okay uh well let's let, let's hop into the owl house now. Uh we got two episodes, Escaping Expulsion and Echoes of the Past. Ah, oh, yes. All right, let's let's start with uh the Shippy McShipping one that came first, uh, Escaping Expulsion. Uh finally we I really like that we start this episode with um Luce teaching Ida and Lilith the glyph stuff. Yeah, that's that's also just a fun B plot going on in the back of this episode. Uh, yeah, the I was gonna say the B plot of this episode. I'll, I feel like there are like the one detractor from season one is that there are like one or two episodes where the B plot detracts from the A plot. Yeah, uh, like that one where Gus is interviewing Ida. That that B plot is so bad. Yeah, but this this B plot is just there's just enough of it and it. It makes the a plot way more uh well paced. I feel like the main purpose of this B plot is more to remind everyone of the dynamic between Lilith and Ida. Oh yeah, it is. 
Uh, and the, the fact that Lilith is a teacher's pet. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking no one. Shocking, yeah, no. Lilith is also, really good in these next in these two episodes. She's. I'm glad that we're getting more stuff with Lilith because, like, we need more stuff with Lilith to like. Because we didn't, we got, we only got her like being the absolute worst in season one. So yeah. we need to, you need to humanize her in this season to really make her feel a part of the the team. Yeah, I I really trust this. Like, I I I know this team is not going to screw it up. Uh, oh yeah, that, no. That that's one thing I have absolute confidence in. Yeah, we also finally get to see Gus and Willow again after so long. Yeah, Grossberg Gus. Yeah, Grossberg Gus. I wonder if they. Do you think they did that because the voice actor went through a Grossberg? Absolutely. Like, not yeah. only did he go through a Grossberg, but his voice dropped. So they 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 fucking put it in the show. Yeah. Which now, to be fair, I've known people that's happened to. Oh yeah. Like, you, see, you don't see them for, like, a month, and then it's like, holy shit, what happened to you? Yeah, I, I was lucky, and I changed schools right at the at, over the summer that that happened. Yeah. Yeah, but interestingly enough, it, it's better than, do, do you know, uh, Hey Arnold, the story in Hey Arnold with the voice actors? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he... He the f- original voice actor hit Grossberg hit puberty voice dropped and uh, it didn't sound like Arnold anymore so they found a new one but they kept that first voice actor around and he became the voice of Wolfgang oh that makes sense yeah more you know yeah but um yeah this is a another Amity episode which I'm always happy about we also see Willow's dads. Which is oh, fun. Yeah, we see Willow's dads again. I hope we get more of Willow's dads. I like how one's the uh, chill parent, the other one's more of like a tiger dad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you gotta. That's the dynamic, right? You gotta have the the one that's the more understanding one. Yeah. Um. Have we ever seen Gus's parents? We saw his dad. His dad's yeah, the news dad. reporter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We saw his dad. We haven't seen the other parental unit. No, we have not. If there is one, it could be a single dad. Yeah, it could be a single dad. You're right. Um, but I'm glad that uh, we also got to see the twins as well. Yeah. Because, God, the, the last time we saw them was, like, early season one. It was the... <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> it, it was uh, the kneecap episode where they went up to the, the knees. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the last time we saw them, right? Pretty sure, but yeah. Yeah, with um, uh, Luce learning the ice spell. Yep. <clears throat> but uh, this was a good episode. Yep. Uh, it, we've talked about some of the... <clears throat> excuse me. We talked about some of the elements off and on of this episode just because, like, we couldn't not... Just because it was... We'd been looking forward to this one. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, go on. I was going to say, uh, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. Fuck, go on, dude. Like, Alador is not what I expected, for one. Neither of their parents are. Uh, I like the versions we got more than the fan versions, though. I mean, Amity's mom is pretty much what I expected. Just fucking alpha bitch. You know... 
controlling mother. Yeah, I definitely pictured that. I did not picture witchy Steve Jobs, though. Yeah, the witchy Steve Jobs businesswoman angle is certainly uh, not what I expected either. Also, didn't expect Thunder Thighs, frankly. Yeah, she, uh, she, uh, she's sick. Yeah. She got, uh, the Enid figure. Yeah, she, you know what, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, and, and Alador is just, like... He's Victor Frankenstein. He's Victor Frankenstein mixed with Stu Pickles. Yeah. Stu Pickles... I was going to say he's uh, Victor Frankenstein and Igor combined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like I like your I, I think I prefer your Stu Pickles combo. Yeah, just the guy who's like always in his basement working on things and he like is very not observant yeah. and is constantly distracted by things. Yeah. Little also the wild animals. hair. Yeah, crazy hair, stains everywhere. I very much like Alador. I was expecting... I, I I hate to reference Harry Potter, but I was expecting the Malfoys. Yeah, I was also expecting the Malfoys or the fucking... The Northwests. Yeah, you Northwests, know? yeah. Like that's the... Those are the two comparisons. The the waspy upper crust types, yeah. Which the mom kind of is, but Alador is not. No, he's just... He's... <sighs> He's a submissive uh, Reed Richards. Yeah. Oh, that's how I described them originally. They're uh, Reed Richards married Doctor Doom. Mmm. Not not a an accurate comparison. Accurate or inaccurate? It's not an inaccurate comparison. Yeah. Thank you, Alador. What are you doing? Making chocolate pudding. It's four <laughs> in the morning. Why are you making chocolate pudding? I've lost all control of my life. <laughs> Actually, it would be Amity who would be asking that. Yeah. And then it's like, here's your pudding, dear. Oh, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking O'Dolly. I mean, oh, I, 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 I think I've got it. Dad, what uh -huh. are you doing? I'm making an Abomatron 4000 at 2 a.m.? Why at 2 a.m.? I've lost all control of my life. <laughs> Honey, I finished the Obamatron 4000. That's great, dear, but I need you to make an Obamatron 5000. <laughs> yeah. Also, this um episode single-handedly made uh, Lumity no longer one-sided. Yeah, that that was a very good decision. Yes, it's it's literally just, oh, Amity saved you. Has her and had her big hero moments like, oh wow, Amity's so cool and strong. So good. Like, oh fuck, I'm gay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That the the big lesbian Bob moment. Yep. Uh, should we move oh. on to Echoes of the Past now, or do you have more you want to say? Um. Let me think. I did like the joke where Gus was like, I'll make an illusion of all of the of some really sexy lady guards. And then <laughs> Willow is like, This isn't a sixties cartoon, you dingus. <laughs> uh, and it also I did want to mention the the lore bit that we found in this episode was that 
these could possibly be the only runes. It's just that all other magic is a, a combination of these four. Yeah. Which, Which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But I, I want to say there's probably another rune. At least one other one. If there's a light rune, there's got to be a dark rune. Yeah, there's got to be a dark rune. Um, I'm surprised it's not like a, a wind. Or an earth one. I mean, I guess the plant one is kind of earth. Yeah, plant kind of covers earth. Uh, but I, I'm surprised they're not like a wind, like air. Yeah. One. I, I imagine if you combine the fire and ice, you'd get water. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And then, and if you got combine the light and the fire, it'd get some sort of like the beam and explosions and spells like that. I feel like I could see there being a wind one. Mm-hmm. Um... You know what I think illusion spells are? It's the light and the the earth one. It's like life and light are illusions. Uh, yeah. I, I can see that. I, I, I also could see it being like a <clears throat> uh like like water and uh I, I can see it being a mixture of uh light, fire and and ice to get like, cause uh, mist, right? Mm. Light reflecting um, yeah. off water drops to create uh, illusions to create yeah. to bend light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad thought. But um, yeah, that was all I wanted to say. Okay, let's move on to Echoes of the Past, which is finally some background for King. Baby king, do 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 do. Baby king, do 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 Baby king, baby king. Fun fact: Baby king is voiced by Dana Terrace. Nice. Can't believe the eat a gaslit king. Yeah, that. I can't believe it. That that scene where she told him and he was in denial was genuinely heartbreaking. Yeah, it really was. Like, Alex Ooh. Hirsch fucking killed it with that performance there. Absolutely. I think this might be one of the... Even considering all his work in uh, in Gravity Falls as both Seuss and, uh, and as Grunkle Stan, th- mm-hmm. this was probably the rawest performance. It was his best dramatic performance, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. He he absolutely killed it. Yeah. Um, there's so much to unpack in this episode. From a lore perspective. Yeah. Uh, we're getting uh, into the type of stuff I really want to know more about in the world. Yeah. Which is like the ancient shit. The stuff before Bello showed up. Yeah. But um, we did see that mural... And the mural looked like it was the Titan fighting something else. Yeah. But what that was is unclear. I Was it the Emperor? Something? Is the... Is, is King a baby Titan is the, the real unpacking of this. You know? That's a very good question like you could interpret it as 
King is a prince of demons, but you could also interpret as that King isn't a demon at all. He's like a baby titan. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at the, the, the Boiling Isles images, mm-hmm. and the skull doesn't quite match uh, King's skull shape or the one in the mural. Uh, hold on, I actually have a picture. I saved a picture of the mural just because I, f- I knew we were going to talk about this. Yeah. So I wanted the, to have it, like, the at mu- hand. Yeah, the mural looks more like a larger, ver- like, like a, a post-pubescent version of King. It does. And I'm looking at the Boiling Isles here, and it has more of a... Yeah. The, the Titan has more of a... Uh, Flat skull, or maybe like a pig nose cut. Yeah, like a flat skull, uh, human skull type thing. Uh, maybe he was fighting the Titan. I could believe. No, the Titan has like weird monster jaw. I think that this. I don't know. It's unclear. Yeah. It's like, is he the Titan and he was fighting something else? Or is it like the thing he's fighting is the Titan? Like, I don't know, right? I don't think it's either, honestly. Hmm. Because here, I, um... There we go. That's the Titan's skull, right? And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't quite match either of those heads. Hmm. The horns are right, but the rest, not really. Well, the this could be it could it, maybe it's not the Titan, but it is a Titan. I could buy that, yeah. Like there are more than one, you know. He's fighting something big. Yeah, and the top of the head of the the big thing that he's fighting is a uh, cut off very purposefully. Yeah. And I think it might be the Emperor. That would be. <coughs> Sorry keep coughing um that would be very interesting also um the the giant that he's fighting appears to be holding a staff the the evil giant yeah um some people are theorizing that um this might have been the the bat queen's um owner that would be very interesting and that she was at the top of that uh, that staff. Hmm. The other thing that people have pointed out is that the symbol on King's like collar and then on the wall mm-hmm. is very similar to the little like lock symbol that you see on a lot of palacemen's like bodies, where they lock into place under the staff. Oh. Especially uh, the Bat Queen's, the mark on her foot is very similar. Hmm. Yeah, but unclear these are just this is all theory crafting right now yeah i can dig it though yeah i'm i'm very interested to see what the answers are yeah um but as for the episode itself um other than the the stuff with king i fucking love backpack cootie <laughs> yeah oh it was so i i Oh, man, I love Hootie so much. I love that Lilith and Hootie are becoming besties. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's a dynamic I didn't know I needed. Yeah, really. 
I'm I'm love I, I love Lilith. I love Hootie. I love this entire cast. But I, I just ah, so much love. I'm, I'm just I'm I, I love this fucking show. Oh yeah. The the other interesting aspect, of course, is that like we have kind of a new member of the family, uh, Jean Luc. Yeah, he's unconscious right now, but he's around. Who knows how long that'll be true? You know what John Luke reminds me of? Uh, what? The the giants from Nausicaa. Yes, I definitely see what you're talking about there. Like this fleshy biomechanical thing. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. That yeah. is a very good comparison. You um, notice how King names all his things French names? Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. Jean-Luc and uh, what was the rabbit's name? Pierre? No. Pierre. Something like that. Something, yeah. But, yeah. And also King has, has his horn. Yeah, he's got his both horns back. Which is I, I don't adorable. know. Yes. I, I wonder how that really... Happened? No, like how it worked with his... Like how the memory thing... How... I don't know. Why having the horn it, back would help with the memory, I don't know. It, I don't care, I mean, really. It, but I mean, it, it could have been, like, a trigger. That's true. Like a so mental co- block. Yeah, like a psychosomatic thing, yeah. I mean, like, amnesia... People get their memories back from amnesia, like, from all kinds of things. Yeah, that's true. Like, it can be completely random. Like, amnesia is a very... Not super understood thing, really. Yeah, it's... I, I remember when I took uh, Psych 101, uh, we had a whole long, like, seg- section of the class that was just on amnesia and how, like, it's a complete fucking mystery still. <laughs> yeah, because it's... There's no pattern to amnesia. Yeah. It's, it's all... It's like how much memory you have and... Does is do you retain certain things and like all this other stuff? It's very weird. And then you can just there's people who just enter these like fugue states where it's like no idea what sets it off. They just suddenly there's someone else, and it's it's not like in that way that you usually would describe. Um, I don't know the proper name for it. I know what it used to go by, and I think it's offensive to say it, so I'm not going to say it, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. Uh, it's it's a separate thing from that. It's just like people... It's sort of like waking sleepwalking. Yeah. Um, Where you're just completely someone else, and then mm-hmm. suddenly you'll just be you again and there are people who have entered one of those states and speak an entirely different language yeah and then just snap right back after like a couple weeks and they're like why am i in nevada i live in manhattan and and it's man it's it it the brain is cuckoo The, the, the brain is i just noticed one of uh king's plushies is waddles Oh yeah, cute. Yeah. Um, the other thing that this theory that the seeing this mural made me theorize about 
mm-hmm. is that maybe um, Belos doesn't speak with the Titan, but he is like its vestige from this battle with this demon or whoever it is. If this other being that we see is the Titan and not the horned guy. What if Bellos is also a Palico? Not a, a Palico, a Palisman. Yeah, we that was another we, theory we, we threw we've, out. We've had that one. Okay, yeah. We threw that one out. We th- There's also the, the idea that he's a human. Yeah, we, we've had... That, that that's still my favorite theory, but yeah, that he's human. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that theory is holding less and less water as we go on, but yeah, find out. Yeah. Um. Do we know Our... what the next episode? Uh, the next one is uh, Ida's the the stranger from Ida's past who might be someone she was friends with in school. Oh, okay. Uh, who is part of a anti-emperor rebellion who wants to recruit her. Neat. And people are thinking, oh, that's her ex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope that's she, true. Yeah, she's uh, there uh, from the Bardic track. All we know is she wears a, like a, a realistic bat mask and uh, she has a fiddle. They have a fiddle. Yeah, I've seen shots of them. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for this segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and upon our return, uh, KP will be back, and we'll be talking about Kim Possible. We'll see you then. Back on our show. And welcome back, Ruby Tacky Podcast Incorporated. Uh, Kim Possible Season Two. It aired 2003 to 2004 on the Disney Channel. Uh, and uh, it's a pretty damn good episode. episode. Uh, season, I mean. Pretty pretty good lot of episodes. And it also includes the Stitchin', the Stitchin Time movie, uh, which gets split up over three episodes in reruns. Uh, and also introduced... I'm oh, sorry, go on. I was just saying, the Stitch and Tie movie, I remember it being a big deal for Disney Channel. It was. It was a kiss. It, yeah, it really was. Uh, I even tuned in for it, which was surprising because I almost never got to tune in at this point in time to TV movies. Um, I was just going to say, it also introduces two, introduces three characters, but one doesn't really get a lot of time. And the other one doesn't get a lot of time until... Actually, none of these characters get a lot of time this season. Two of them are only in one episode, and one of them is only in two. And then I... Does Zeta ever show up past this season? No. Uh, once. Oh, yeah, one once? Of the, yeah, she shows up one other time. Yeah. And then never again. She... Yeah. And she, I don't think she gets a speaking role the next time mm. she shows up. Okay. She so, gets... yeah. So you get to Josh Mankeed. 
Gotcha. Uh, also introduced this season are uh, Motorhead, uh, also voiced by John DiMaggio, and uh, Felix in the same episode, who is voiced by James Marsden. Uh, wait, not James Marsden. Um, was, it, was it not James Marsden? It was. Maybe. Oh God, I'm sorry. There's multiple people. There's another Mar. It, it's Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden. Jason Known Marsden. Voicing uh, Max Goof. Yes. Yep. I was gonna say. Uh, James Marsden is, I think, the guy from the Sonic movie. <laughs> that sounds about right. He, J- Jason Marsden, also a uh, friend of uh, Will Will Freedy. Ron's voice. Oh yeah, Will Fr- Yeah, Will yeah. Friedel, Yes. Yeah, they're for Dell. Sorry, they, they were Bad both uh, Disney teams. Yeah, they were both on Boy Meets World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I know you and Ed's the show laser, but can we? Can the can the the cutaway into this segment be uh? Just uh, what what was the song from this season? Just say the word. I had a song. Say the say word. Okay. I had a different uh, okay. song picked out. Uh, that was hold on. Um, work it out from the the cheer routine song from the movie. Yeah, yeah, that that one's also good. Uh, but uh, let me get that name, and I'll I'll use one to. I have two for Carmen picked out, so I'll use two for Kim as well. Just give me that name again. Uh, say the word. It was uh the the talent show song uh, Kim Possible did. God, that show, ah. that fucking song bops. It does because this was around the time, if I'm remembering correctly. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is around the time Carly Ray Romano was trying to start a Disney was trying to start a singing career for Carly Ray Romano. Um, actually, Jay, it's Christy Carlson Romano, not Carly Ray Romano. You simpleton. Yes, I think so. Yes, because that was Kim's voice actress who. Yes, also sang the uh, she... opening theme. Wasn't she also um... the oh, sister on Even Stevens? Yeah, because I remember she was also around the same time did the theme song to the Teacher's Pet movie. Oh yeah. my God, she did. She was also the uh, drill sergeant in Cadet Kelly. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember the Teacher's Pet one, which, by the way, was a cover of a song used for another movie called Teacher's Pet from the 60s. Yeah. Which is why it's flirty and trying to fuck the teacher the whole time, because in that movie it's about a college student, like a, like a night school adult and his teacher. Hey, why do you have to keep reminding me that Teacher's Pet was a show that existed? <laughs> because you hate it. I don't hate it. I just... It's one of those ones where I'm like, why? Why? You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't a good show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the movie was wild. Yeah. But, um... Anyway, see... Oh, Debbie Reynolds is Nana Possible. Oh! Hmm. That's also a new character that we see in this season as a Nana Possible. That's uh, Carrie Uh, Fisher's mom. We also meet a fucking... Draken's mom. Yeah. Sorry. Drew Lipsky's mom. Yeah. Voiced by uh, 
I don't remember her name. Estelle but she, Harris. Estelle Harris, who is the uh, actress who portrayed George Costanza's mother in uh, Seinfeld and also played the maid in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. By the way, and also Mrs. Potato Head. Yes, by the also way, also Mrs. Potato Head. KP, now you have seen the the reference for Sal. <laughs> That's just the voice. Yeah. That's just the Sal yeah. voice. No, you're right. You're right. But Sal is a character in ongoing uh, space adventure tabletop role playing game that only the people in this show really know about. Inside joke. <laughs> yes. It's inside baseball. But um. Yes. The one thing I wanted to... I noticed a lot of things about this season. I have way more to say than I thought I would. But um, one of the main things that I noticed was that um, this season really is where Shigo and Draken kind of hit their stride. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to, before we get too far into the good things about this season, take a detour into an episode that I genuinely felt was truly egregiously racist. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, uh... It was the exchange student. Oh episode. yeah, no, it was. Yeah, like, yeah, like I feel really like we was. just need to address it. We can't ignore it. I don't think that's fair to anyone. No, it's not. No. Yeah, that that is egregious. Like, like, because the whole episode, for those who didn't watch before listening to the podcast, Ron going to the to the Japanese ninja school, which this show is camp in like superhero problem. Which so it being a ninja school is not by itself a problem. There being ninja schools and ninjas and stuff is already established, and yeah. it portrays every country as being that level of camp. See Area Fifty One mm-hmm. being yeah. exactly what you think it is, yeah. or like um, I'm sure if we went to Canada, it would be all Mounties as far as the eye can see. They, yeah. There literally is an episode that where that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like. By itself, there being ninja schools in Japan is not a problem. It is that um, the two problems of every time any character in Japan speaks, or from Japan, if we're talking about the uh, Kim's crush this episode, that episode, yeah, every word out, every sentence out of their mouth includes the word honor, every single one, like all of them. You want to know what my problem with well two two things with this. One we have the the white savior fucking trope here. And that was going to yeah. be my second pr- problem was the white savior thing. Number 2 is that it's monkey kung fu which is yeah. kung fu is chinese not japanese. Also uh taishi pekwa is chinese. Yes. Yep. These are So why is the founder Japanese? These, these two things are not interchangeable. Now, if they mention that he came from China and founded the school, that would be one thing. But they didn't. But then why is it named in Chinese? Yeah. Like, like why is the name in, still in Chinese? Give it, like, a Japanese alternate... Mandarin or Cantonese. I don't know the difference. Give it a Japanese alternate name. And again, why does it only work for two white dudes yeah like the the sword Mon- yeah. well, because they were touched by the mystical monkey power okay it also- there i feel like it's weird if that there's only one way to get touched by mystical monkey power there's so many weird things going on in this universe wait no hold on it's not just two white dudes it's also a naked mole rat right <laughs> <sighs> but anyway now with that out of the way I just I, wanted to get that I, established before we talk about the good things. I do season. have an idea. It 
there's two at the time there are really two character actors that you could expect to get on a tv budget even a disney mm-hmm. tv budget and mm-hmm. probably the only reason they made it japan and not china is because they could get uh uh sorry uh, they could get george takei but they couldn't get james hong yeah yeah you're right there, there just might have been a scheduling con. This is not a serious uh, suggestion. That this isn't insider information by any amount. This is just a joke that those were basically the only two character actors of Asian descent going around at a TV budget at this time. I mean, you say that they Disney Channel throughout this entire series, uh, their entire run, has no problems using Dante Basco for any type of Asian descent character. Mm. Yeah. Because they used him for a Japanese character here. He was also a, a Chinese character in Proud Family and in uh, Jake Long. I was about to say yeah. Jake Long, yes. And he's Filipino. Yes. Yep. Asian people are not interchangeable. Nope. Period. Period. Anyway. He is a good voice actor, though. He is a good voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like seeing Dante Bosco, uh, but... I like seeing James Hong more. I just like James Hong. I, I also mm-hmm. like James Hong. But, um... Anyway. With that uh, out of the way. Yeah. Oh, James Hong. Uh, I, I love Big Trouble in Little China. It, mm-hmm. It's so bad, but I just love that movie. Yeah. Also on... Not as bad. Not as bad. But I want to, before we discuss overarching themes... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Felix Renton, I do want to just because like his episode, as far as like this is the era in Disney Channel original shows where every every show because Proud Family did the exact same thing had have one character who showed up in a wheelchair for a single episode. The main character addresses their um Dis- like weird disability. overprotective able ableism. Yes, yeah, and then they get turned around by the end of the episode. Then the character never shows up again, except Felix does show up again. But he doesn't once. show up again this season. He only shows up again once, which I feel like is a missed opportunity for him to just uh, no, he sh- be around. He shows up in the background a lot. He also shows up like uh, in a couple of episodes. He shows up at the end of the se- series. He also shows up in another episode with Motorhead. Right. So he so like he shows up a couple of times. other main times, but like you, I. I'm just saying he should, if they were going to use him properly, would show up at least as often as Monique. I think yeah. he kind of does after this point. He shows up, like, occasionally. Yeah, but Monique, like, gets, like, top billing in the B-plots of episodes. Yeah. Well, not this, not, like she's... not in the first two seasons. No, she she was in the, um, she was uh fighting with Kim over the crush thing. She was, um, helping, she helped them with the X Games thing, even she was she wasn't in a lot of that episode. She's in several episodes this she season shows... as just a round. She shows up about as much, just shy of the amount Bonnie does. Yeah. Yeah. Felix shows up just shy of the amount Monique does. Yeah. Fair. But, um. I don't know, it's just. A thing that bugged me was like... I'm with you on this one. I I wish they used Felix more. He's a very interesting character. Yeah, I will say... He's... One thing that this episode Mm -hmm. did that I... I mean, you know, this one's we're talking about. I really like this episode just as a whole. The Motorhead episode with Felix. Mm -hmm. Motorhead's one of my favorite characters. I I knew... Motorhead just is... 
gives the energy of a laser character. Listen, he's yeah. got the same mustache as me and a mullet. What's not to love? Mm-hmm. I like his nicknames. Yeah, like oh, like because like red, red. I find uh, it Rufus weird. Little bald bro. Yeah, yeah. No. I find it weird that he's stationed in New Jersey, but he has like such a surfer guy voice. Seriously. Um. Oh, seriously, bro. Not cool. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It didn't strike me as weird at the time, but I don't. I don't know New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, New Jersey. The New Jersey accent is. It's just like a, a American Italian American accent. It's just like, oh, what the fuck you talking about, eh? Yeah. Which all of his minions has. They did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his minions are probably local. He's probably from California. Yeah, John DiMaggio kills it, as usual. Yeah, John DiMaggio. Yeah. He says... T- okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. It was, provided, it was created to provide a use for a funny voice John DiMaggio improvised b- between takes. Oh, my God. Based on the motorheads that lived near gr- him growing up in New Jersey. That's great! Okay. Wow. So he... <laughs> So that that was his own decision as a New Jerseyan. Oh my god, that's oh, I, I love John that. That's so great. I, I the wiki provides all answers. Remember that shit yeah. I told you about John Cena last episode when we talked about Kim Possible? Oh. Yeah. Man. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um Kim Possible all roads lead back. Yes, all roads. <laughs> Kim Possible. But anyway, what I was going to say was about this episode yeah. the Motorhead episode specifically that I like is that it really um what's the it um uh, it sort of encapsulates ron's character like perfectly mm-hmm. like ron is the most non-judgmental person ever like, yeah there is no i i no judging with the ron i i truly loved when kim was like you know because of his hit the wheelchair and he's like oh yeah i'll give him an edge in the motion sickness right <laughs> my favorite just was the failed to see a problem which he shouldn't yeah, have. <laughs> I, my favorite was when Kim realized, just like he's like you're treating him like he's like just like he's a normal person, and she's like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop talking. Actually, <laughs> real good, honestly. I did yeah. like that that episode also for like getting into Kim being a flawed human being. Yes, which was not true of her in season one. <laughs> yeah. No. Season one, Kim is the epitome of living the high school dream. Zero flaws. We de- we definitely see more of the anxiety of being a teenage girl mm-hmm. uh, in this series. Or mm-hmm. at least portions of teenage girl. Really just teenage anxiety. Yeah. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. unique to being a teenage girl. I mean, it's just teenage in a lot anxiety, of but yeah. Kim's... A lot of Kim's problems, um, personal flaws that were kind of sort of in season one are really brought out here. Like in the the, the speed episode, the, the like speedy shoes yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, the, I, the name escapes me. The, that's the bad like, That's the Queen Bebe. The Queen Bebe episode, yes. Yeah, yeah, because like that whole episode was about how she's a perfectionist and can't say no. By the way. Yeah. The motorhead. Hmm? Uh, no, sorry, I'll let you finish your thought. I think Motorhead also did that with why I'm bringing it up. Because, like, it's her whole... She's got... On top of her perfection, she's also, like, 
got a whole savior complex. She must be the one to save the world and like protect people. So that leads directly into her, the ableism she didn't even know she had (laughs) when when she met Felix. I would be very interested if the show examined that because it very much starts out, you see in such a time where it starts out where like, I, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, and to where it gets to the savior complex thing, I I really be interested in seeing the journey path to that. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I was gonna say was a second ago was that fun fact about the Quinn Bebe episode is that uh, that episode was written by Greg Weissman, hmm. Mr. Gargwells himself. Oh, nice. okay. Yeah, neat. Greg Weissman also wrote uh for the Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, neat. But anyway. I would like to. I would like to give a shout out to uh, the Fearless Ferret for doing Batman Beyond with Will Friedel again. Yeah, and Adam West. Uh, and Adam West. Uh, very fun. Um, yeah. There's nothing else really remarkable about that episode. It's just fun that this is just this is just Ron as Terry McGinnis. Uh, but being Ron... Yeah. Nope. What I, was... I also liked that um the fearless ferret's name like his actual it was Timothy North yeah that's a good yeah good. <laughs> the Northwest I just thought that yep. was very funny anyway what I was yeah. what I was gonna say um I I said that one of the sort of overarching things I noticed like I mentioned that Draken and Shiga really kind of come into their own in season because season one Shiga and Draken Draken is still like really like how I put this they try and make him kind of a threat like he's still he's really leaning to the mad scientist thing but season two draken really like they figured out what he's about you know yeah he's he's a joke he's a joke and she goes the only competent one yeah which i is true of all the villains kim ever fight basically yeah and Chigo yeah. and Draken's chemistry really kind of comes through. Like they again, they start to hit their strides in the season. Like some of the best Kim and like some of the best uh, the, the Shigo and Draken interactions are in the season. Like my favorite one of anything. One of my favorite ones is the the one where uh, he puts her in the the fish t- or fish tank or under the water and, and Draken says, "You'll be sleeping with the fishes." Or is it fish? Fish or fishes? Both, both, which is fish or fishes. Both are proper plural terms for the singular fish. You're very smug right now, aren't you? Yeah, a little. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but um, the other overarching thing I noticed in the season was that this season really tried to like let Ron do stuff a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Ron got a lot more to do in the season than in season one. Yeah. yeah, he he got a lot more focus and plots and skills yeah. that he actually had. That it it kind of like really explored the fact that Ron is a, a like is oh I don't want to say competent, but he has his own <laughs> set of skills that make him Ron. His I, Ron, I really like as he would put it his Ron the tutor episode the tutoring episode he, because it's like Ron has skills. They are very rarely applicable to a mission, but like he's a good cook. Mm-hmm. He knows how to. He kind of knows how to like like in the um science fair episode. Kind of knows how to expect people to act. Like he's a good judge of character and how they'll yeah. 
not manipulate people, but like he can read people, is, but he can't play reading people. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when he tried playing Monique, and she was ready to kill him. <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, the out of this season, I remember when I remember when we were started watching it. The one that I remember the most out of all these was the uh, Everlot episode, Virtue Ron. That's the right. one I completely forgot about. I really like that episode. It, I, it, re- I really like it now, uh, but I completely forgot about it. It was. Uh, f- I think my problem with the episode was it really tried to give Zeta a character, and then it was like, and we will never use her again. Yeah, yeah. I the thing- like it was more a Zeta episode than anyone else, but she's just mm-hmm. not going to get used again. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part of it was that Everlot had its own unique art style. Yeah. 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 I thought that was a fun detail. And also, like, at the... T- I remember, like, retroactively, like, oh, this is the parody of... Wow. Like, no, this is the EverQuest parody. Yeah. EverQuest. There's That's a little bit of King's Quest in there, too, at the very beginning. Oh, yeah, King's Quest, yes. With the the, yeah. uh, the gnome and the fireball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I but mean, like, it, it... The game doesn't function as a game. It's purely for plot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's that episode aired the 12th of September 2003 uh, World of Warcraft did not come out till 2004 so yes mm. this is the EverQuest Ever- EverQuest episode yeah yeah, yeah. a little bit EverQuest a little bit um, King's Quest a little bit um... oh I forgot it um... Neverwinter Nights no not that one oh it's Mm. RuneQuest? Ultima! Ultima Online! Ultima! Mm. Yeah, Ultima. Yeah, yeah. Ultima Online slash the Ultima series in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little King's Quest in there. Uh, I I said King's Quest. Oh, I meant Kingsfield, sorry. King. Oh, Kingsfield. The, uh. From Soft. When did Kingsfield come out? Yeah. The From Soft game. It was on the PS1, so. Oh, okay. The original Kingsfield, anyway. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Me. Oh, what were some other episodes that I really, really liked? Oh, Go Team Go. Oh yeah, where we finally got to meet uh, Shigo's brothers. Brothers. That's the one I remembered the best from this season going in. Uh, guest starring uh, Fred Savage. Yeah, Aviarius. No, no, Aviarius is a uh, what's Richard his name? Richard Horvitz. No, no, no. I recognized his his uh, his voice. Yeah, Mister. And I didn't recognize the name, so I took it took a stab in the dark. That failed. No, no Fred Savage is Higo. Uh, Mister Horvitz, mm. aka Zim, is uh, Aviarius. Ah, uh, that's why I recognize the name, right? Also, right. also Alpha. Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, that tracks. And Alpha Five. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, and the I most love Richard Im- Horvitz. Yeah, the most important one, Ned Frischman, Man of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> he's a lot of characters in Ratchet and Clank. He is. Yeah, that tracks. But anyway, that's yeah. a really fun episode, mainly because it gives us more stuff about Shigo, and it's just a, yeah, it's just a fun time. I don't remember yeah. if we see the Go Team again though. No, we get to see them one other time. Oh, right, yes. Which is the uh, an, a later episode where Shigo becomes a substitute teacher. Yeah, I love that mm. episode. 
later season. Oh, that I so uh, I just want to travel back to Zeta real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is voiced by Nika Flutterman, uh, Nika Futterman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who also voiced Asajj Ventress in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, she's a bunch of characters in the Loud House. Uh, she's Dogen Bull in Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got range. Oh yeah, yeah. She's also in the Bad Batch as Fauja and Shaia. Um, mm. Trying to see if there's anything else. She's got really range. Said. She has. Yeah. Range, uh, like, the- like now that you say that, I can think back to Dogen's voice and be like, oh. That tracks, but if you had not said that, I would have never connected those dots. Yeah. Same with this, with Ventress. Never would have guessed. You, you can kind of hear the raspiness, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, yeah, no, not really. Um, she, she's a couple characters in Archer. Um, mm. She's Khan Makir, a military officer, and Elena in Doom Eternal. Uh, Kimberly Butterwater in Costume Quest. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she does a lot of video games. Oh, yeah, she does yeah. a lot of video game stuff. Uh, yeah, that's right. Oh, she's Hawkgirl in uh, DC Superhero Girls and also Cheshire. Oh, neat. Hmm. Um, the other uh, yeah, notable but... thing about this season is this is also where we start getting the uh, mini minisodes, like the two episodes yeah, in one. The shorts. Yeah. Which I like. I did. I, I like the. I okay. I'll say that I liked that they realized that some of these ideas for plots that they had could not fill a full twenty minutes. Yeah. So they were uh, like, can "We pause real quick." Sure. All right, just a rip it and grip it warning. Mm, rip it and grip it. Okay, go on. Okay. So they they split them up, which I appreciate. I think my favorite one yes. is the one where everyone gets sick. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah that, the, that, of those, yeah. Just for the punchline at the end. What does the ray do anyway? Cure the common Cures cold. Cure the common Cures. cold. <laughs> oh, and that—that's also the only episode, the only uh, time a character that was introduced for a short comes back later for a full episode. Oh yeah, with the intern. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he does. Forgot about Hank that. Hank Perkins will show up in a later episode. Forgot about that. <laughs> As a villain consultant. Yeah. I now one thing I go. No, you finish. No, no, go go. I was just saying one thing about an overarching theme this episode, this season that I noticed, which is neat, is like this family theme we have going on because like Kim's family is real important to a lot of these episodes. Like we're get finally getting to see more of her parents yeah like they both get involved with actual missions this time around Mm -hmm. we have more her grandma shows up we get uh the the tweebs several times get to help save the day yeah um and ian stitch and time that also comes up ron's family uh we get to see more of his his family issues don't really start to show up until later like stitch and time started because his family was moving by the way like his mom shows up i love ron's dad's like i'm an actuary i can work from anywhere (laughs) anywhere where they they put a a dollar value on human life yeah (laughs) 
like, but like, even there's like the Team Go episode and like Draken's mom, mom. Yeah, you, and then we get I, yeah the 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 flashback episode where it's all about all these characters and their family histories. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I didn't think. About I will that. also like, just say. This... Uh, the seniors get a couple good episodes this t- this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I... And at least one is about their family legacy, because, like, it's the X Games episode. And yeah. Junior's like, I wish someday to impress my father. Yeah, yeah. it's it's good. I, I, never, I didn't notice the family thing, but you're right. Yeah, but, um... it's not as strong as the, uh, the fact that Ron's coming into his own this season, but, like, it's here, and it's very important to the episodes. It is important to yeah. yeah. Going bounce springboarding off of that, my favorite episode in the season is Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Droopy, droopy bear, droopy. Yeah. Is this for your radio show? My mother thinks I'm a radio talk show host doctor. I fucking... Which is funny because at the time Dr. Drew was very popular. Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. If you ask me, this part of your uh treatment's a little over the top, but I'm not the doctor. <laughs> what is that, Troopy Bear? Oh, it's a radio equipment, mother. Very expensive. You have to be part of the union to touch it. Oh well, well I don't want to break regulation. I don't, don't want to get anyone, anyone in trouble. It's so fucking good. I love, and then she shows up again in the uh, the uh, flashback uh, past episode. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah. oh right, speaking of the flashback episode, rewriting history. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of that episode, uh, apparently it wasn't originally intended to be a dream sequence. Hmm. Really? Interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the whole episode, Rod's going like, "What's the coincidence? What's with this coincidence?" Yeah, I'm glad that they... like it was only turned into a dream sequence because of uh, executive meddling, supposedly um... apocryphally. I mean, I'm glad that they at least lampshaded the fact that it was like such like every coincidence that was happening. If yeah. I had to guess, the main reason they um turn it executives wanted to turn it into a dream sequence was to uh, avoid any questions about did the past versions of uh kim and ron get together and if so what does that make with the current ones yeah that's a good supposedly the characters are canon uh mim possible and a john stoppable but the events of that episode not hmm I'm sad Wade's grandpa isn't fucking, you know. I, I'd say he's probably also canon. They just haven't met him yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he is voiced by one of my favorite characters, uh, character actors. Hmm. Who? Oh, God, I'm, it, it's he's the he's granddad from the Boondocks. Um, oh yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know his name, but I know you're talking about. It it's uh, John Witherspoon. Yeah, John. John Witherspoon. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now, since we haven't, since we have only briefly touched upon it, we kind of have. I don't know if anybody else has anything else to say about other episodes, but I feel like we haven't really talked about Stitch in Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let Let's hop into that. Uh, that it's the. It's the first movie. Yeah. First movie. First time Monique tries being out in the field, hates it. Great. Yeah. 
and it really shows off the thing that's hinted at and kind of brought up throughout the season uh like as early as um the the ron factor episode this idea that ron somehow inexplicably no one can explain it is incredibly important to kim's ability to save the world yeah yeah. His unique, no one can explain his it. unique combination of skills and just general rawness. I, I really think it has to. If you had to explain it, it would be like a combination of the cheerleader needs a cheerleader, hmm. which yeah. he kind of fills, and also he adds a chaotic element to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be distracting, like to their enemies. In fact, they even also man, yeah. they even mentioned that in the Ron factor that Wade says, like, have you heard about chaos theory? This is next level <laughs> stuff. Or like, I think part of it is also that like because he's incapable of being embarrassed or being shaken off his groove. Yeah, even when he's scared, he will break out of scared for the smallest of things. So, like, he really can't be shaken, truly. And, like, that level of confidence in himself, like, helps him be more observant and actually do things in the field where someone like Monique is trying not to die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also Uh, Rufus. Also Rufus. Yeah, Rufus. Rufus, the hyper-competent mole rat. (laughs) Yeah. The Rufus Prime. Yeah, that God, I love the fucking Rufus clones. Um... The the other thing that these that Stitch in Time really does all that I like a lot is sort of like it shows you why Kim and Ron are friends, mm-hmm. like why yeah. they've been friends for so long, and also just builds upon the lore of like the show, mm-hmm. how yeah. Kim became who she is now, and how Ron and her met, and why they're they've been friends for so long, et cetera, et cetera. Establish Team Impossible, which. Did they show up last season? I don't they think they did. They show up later. Yeah. I was about to say, they show up later because they're established in this movie, but I don't think they showed up before no. now. No, they did not. This is And they hate Kim Possible later because of this reason. She keeps stealing their jobs. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. And they're like the A-team slash, like, uh, what, what's the, what was that movie? Uh, the Expendables? Expendables, yes. Mm-hmm. The the A-Team movie came out right around the same time as The Expendables, and I always described it as, this is The Expendables if you want a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that A-Team also, movie's okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's got Liam Neeson in it. That's not great, but... Uh, it, does have that one, perfectly... it does have that one scene where they redirect their flight pattern with a tank shot. Yeah. No, that that is an absolutely it, it it's such a good action movie. Such a good dumb action movie. I love the A team. I also love the show. Um mm-hmm. I love it when the plan comes together. But um Sorry. Yeah. Stitch in time. I also liked it it uh double down on Chigo's the only competent villain. Yeah, it's just that yeah. the Chigo's one character flaw is that she's fucking lazy. Yeah. <laughs> But time travel means she can be lazy and still win. Yeah. yeah. Like, like her whole plan was, I'm going to get uh, popular. I'm going to get rich off the uh, dot-com bubble. I'm going to use that money to start a bank. 
I'm gonna split up Ron. I gotta use that to take over the world. Split up, split up Ron and Kim. He's like, wait, hold on, and... pause. What did you just say? <laughs> You're the reason that I've been, I've been... eating meat cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking I... love that. Yeah. Go on. I will say, I think. I think Dianami is also very competent. She's just not quite as ambitious. Oh, she just wants to make fucked up freaks of nature and defy the laws of God and man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she has no interest in ruling the world. She wants to create giant bunny gorillas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you she know wants what? To turn Who can fucking dinosaurs. blame her? <laughs> I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. Yeah, Dementor is competent, but he's not around enough. Yeah, he also has I imagine... issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. I imagine some of these villains have other heroes thwarting them in the background. Oh yeah, for sure. Dementor definitely. <laughs> like Dementor definitely has a James Bond type. He who's his actual villain somewhere. Oh, who's that just one here. spy that 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 who's supposed to be like another cat recurring character? Will do. Will do. Will do. I bet that's the actual guy who fights Dementor on a daily basis. I would fucking love for there to be a bit where Kim gets called in for to stop Dementor, and then it's like we're seeing Dementor torturing his arch nemesis, and it's like they're both like, "Do you mind? We're kind of doing a thing here." (laughs) Oh, and she's like, "Oh no, I understand. I'll just be on my way." Yeah, the the, the supervillain monologue and the the death trap. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't want to interfere. Kim's like, oh, was this a bad time? I'm sorry, I'll just go. Yeah, well, just, you know, good luck with that. And he's like, and then Dementor is just like, ah, now I've lost my place in my speech. (laughs) That sounds like a bit that would happen on this show. It does. That reminds me, um... It's also a bit from the Venture Brothers, which you said you had something you wanted to bring up related to that, Kai? I, I did. I was about to say. Um, unless okay. you wanted to say what you were going to say, KP, first. No, I'm a different topic. You finish. Okay. I just re- I re- that one of the plots from Venture Brothers is straight up stolen from Kim Possible. Okay. <clears throat> the episode from season one with um, Drew capturing his old high school buddies and making robots based off of his high school crush. Yeah. That's just that one episode of Venture Brothers yep. with fucking that, that, Soriyama. Yeah. Soriyama, yep. It's it's the same plot. But anyway, I just wanted to point that they out. They came out around the same time. They did. I mean, to be fair, Kim Possible is just PG Venture Brothers. Mm. Like, it's parodying all the same thing. It's spy yeah. movies, su- superhero stuff, etc., etc. I, I do... Bring back to that. I love how much of what's boring ca- uh, capitalism is going on with super villains in the background. Yeah, yeah. like we had the timeshare layers, <laughs> which came back, which oh. came back because that was in a one-off last season, and now it's it came back when there when uh, Draken's lair had termites. That's exactly mm-hmm. super termites. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Impossible. Like, is just the thing I was. The other yeah, thing I wanted to mention is. was he goes to a used weather machine salesman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then that comes back up later with the toxic snowman. I love the toxic snowman episode. <laughs> like, what, you bought a used weather machine? 
The only <laughs> it difference. It's only slightly used. The only difference mm-hmm. would be in the Venture Brothers, it would be Rusty selling the weather machine. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see Dr. Draken and the Monarch interact. Oh, God, yeah. And then, I would love to see Dr. Venture and Draken interact. Then it would just be like Dr. Go, Dr. Mrs. the Monarch and she go in the background being like, are they always like, is he always like this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You smoke? Nah, nah. I just, I <laughs> want that. That sounds hilarious. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Mm. Oh, right. My my topic I want to bring yeah. up since mm-hmm. Go on. I should have brought this up in the family thing, but another thing that came up a few times, and I I have to notice this because I am a twin, so every time twins are show up in anything, I I kind of have like a mental like note taking mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of how well they do, and usually the answer is bad. Usually the answer is bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like Jim and Tim get more screen time than this up the season, and we get Wego and then Gemini and whatever, but like. Yeah. Jim and Tim, bad twin representation. I'm gonna just say that straight out. They're the same character. Yeah. They're the same dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no individuality of any kind. They act you more can... like a pair of seven-year-old best friends than brothers. Oh, no, that brothers. part's that part's fine. My brother and I were insufferable, but, like, okay. seven-year-old best friends are never, even when they're close, that you, that the same, mm-hmm. that identical, unless That's they true. are twin characters. Yeah. Like, and I'm not even saying they shouldn't both be super geniuses. Like, my brother and I were both gifted program, and we both had very similar interests. Yeah. They should not be the same person. Yeah. And, like, the same, I had the same problem with Wego when we met Wego, because they're only known as Wego, even though there are two of them, and they're yeah. twins. Mm, yeah. They have their base. They also share a chair at the Team Go table. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're the same character, Wait, hold though they're on. twins. How fucked up would it be that there was only one brother and just the other one is a clone that the other brother keeps around all the time? I mean, no, that would make sense. He lost me. his powers. Never mind. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the character of Jamie Madrox from X-Men. Multiple mm-hmm. Man? Oh, okay. he just yeah, constantly yeah. has other clones active. God, but why but did thing... you make me think about Multiple Man? Oh, well, I was gonna bring up the one exception to the show having bad twin representation is uh, Doctor. Di- uh, what was it? Uh, director Gemini and the well, Gemini and the director. Yes. Director Doctor, whatever her name was. Something, whatever. Yeah. Director something. In the Ron F- in the Ron Factor episode. The, the Nick Fury parody. Yeah. Doctor Director, that was it. Because like they were fraternal twins and they just kind of were bickered and sufferable, and you could tell the older twin was the older twin because he was the only one that remembered the time difference between yeah, them. Yeah, that's how older twins are. <laughs> In fact, like, he points that out. <laughs> and, like, that that was fine. That episode, those two make sense as twins. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both wild, and they have similar interests in opposite directions. See, the wildly um, 
complicated structures of um, competing spy organizations. Yes. Yeah. The eye patches, like they've got thing, like you've got similar interests in different directions, which is how a lot of twins tend to be. Mm-hmm. But like, I knew a pair of they weren't the twins same character. Exactly like that in elementary school. But they also weren't the same character. Yeah. And like they, they just existed. They were a million times better than either of the other twins in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to repeat what you said a second ago, Laser? We feel like we're yeah, there's a lot of crosstalk happening. Oh, uh, I just said I knew a pair of fraternal twins like that when I was in elementary school. Okay. Mm. Uh, just like they did. <laughs> I was friends with the guy. Did not get along with his sister. Um, yeah. Got it. Yeah. I've been yeah. told that is more actually more common from the one time I spoke with a um, psychologist who specialized in. Uh, twins mm-hmm. it is it's apparently more common for twins not to get along when they're both girls yeah interesting the other random side note that i wanted to say about uh stitch in time is that it has my favorite quote from the whole show so far and that's when ron and kim get captured by the drones and they're like we're being you're being taken to the uh correction facility you will be drained of all like wait is that the high school prepare to be drained of all individuality yep high school that's the high school. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I think I think that's it. I don't have too much else to say. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Oh, other than it does come back up that Ron is Jewish. Yeah. I thought that was they remembered that in yeah. the Christmas episode. Yeah. Yeah. Ron, they bring it up. Is a Jew who, while he celebrates. Like Jewish holidays, he appreciates Christmas. He there there is a very large faction of Jews that I call assimilated Jews mm-hmm. or like yeah, assimilated Jews. I don't know if that's like the actual term, but I call them that. Where they just straight up celebrate Christmas. Yeah, I mean, nothing. Uh, they 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 see it as a uh, non-religious thing, even though it has. They're not wrong. Christ in its name. I know it's technically not, but Christ is in the name. So yeah, it is. But it was Christmas is just Yule with the I know um, serial numbers filed off to begin with. Yeah, so I, like... I know. I, I'm I'm fully aware of that. I still it even if it's Yule, it's still not a Jewish holiday. That's so fair. I don't. Oh no, definitely. It. But like um, modern modern Christmas is very far removed from being religious. Yeah. Um, it's capitalist Yule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but th- there there are a large percentage of Jews who just celebrate Christmas outright, love Christmas as much as they love any Jewish holiday, if they actually celebrate any Jewish holidays, because they might not actually have any ties to religious Jewishness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I I don't like Ron as Jewish representation personally. That's um, fair. You, you're the you have more to say about this than we do. Yeah, he mm-hmm. definitely represents a type of Jew, but it's not the type of Jew I am. So it doesn't mm. it doesn't feel personal to me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, outside That's of that, fair. I fucking love Ron. Like Ron's <laughs> easily one of my favorite characters. I just don't like him as Jewish representation. 
No, that's fair. Uh, oh, I did want to mention one other thing about the season. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you're done, Laser, I'll let yeah, you I'm done. If you're not, okay. I've noticed that they did get an increase in budget. Yes. Yeah. Like the, specifically there's... because like uh, the main uh, Kim and Ron both have multiple outfits now. Yeah. Yeah. Because like season one, it was the same basic. We get one model for these characters to anim- animate to save time. I love Ron's bowling shirt. Yeah. 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 I like Ron. I was weird. a kid who wore bowling shirts. Yeah. What? You were the kid who wore bowling. Okay. Yeah. I liked Ron's weird Swedish outfit and how his kid self kept asking about it. <laughs> so what's the future hat do? It doesn't do anything. It's a hat. <laughs> Stop asking about the hat. Uh, but how does the hat fit in? Stop asking about the hat. This is so, uh, 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 great. Yeah, it's really fucking good. Yeah. Anyway. That's it? That's it. Mm-hmm. Alright, then we're going to take a quick break, and upon our return, we're going to talk Carmen San Diego. We'll see you then. You work it out. Uh-huh. You work it out. Now, back to Acme Podcasts Incorporated. On Acme Podcasts Incorporated. And welcome back again to Acme Podcast Incorporated, where we are going to now take a look at Carmen Sandiego Season 2. But where in the world is it? It's on Netflix. Ah. Ah. Silly me. (laughs) Silly me. Silly me. We wow. have fun here. Really we got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Um, well, that so that might that might be the preview clip for this week. <laughs> maybe, may, probably, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we start out with Hot Rocks of Rio Caper Part One and Two. Yeah. Um, uh, get, we pick up right where we left off. Really, it's like yeah. the player said, what, been a week since the end of season yeah. one? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, before we get in, into it, we have the uh, voice actors that are new to this season. There's only three of them. Yes. Um, roundabout, uh, the villain from the end of the season, mm. who was going to be a main character following up because yeah. he's Shadow Sans replacement, is played by Trevor Diwali. He was Hot Dog and Crypto, the Super Dog, Rocket Raccoon in the animated Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, hmm. Emperor Palpatine in Lego Star Wars. Yeah. Um, he was Aizawa in Death Note. Oh. Hmm. Um, Mukotsu in Inuyasha. Oh, I remember Mukotsu. He was one of Naraku's incarnations. And Ravis Knox Florence oh, no, in uh, no. Final Fantasy XV. No, Mukotsu. He was part of the band of seven, right? He has Kotsu in his name. All of them. He's had also. Kotsu. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. All of them had Kotsu in their name. But anyway. 
Okay. Uh, he's also uh, the narrator in the new Rugrats show. Ah. Weird. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he is also Slythe in Thundercats Roar. He is one of the rare instances of someone in this show not being the same um, nationality as their character. Yes. Usually they re- they do that a lot. I think... Um, oh, Trevor Duvall, not Duvall. I'm just stupid. Anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm stupid and can't see uh, small fonts. Anyway. Uh, usually they're pretty good about that, but I guess they thought, it's an English accent. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Who cares about the English? Yeah, he doesn't need to be an English guy. Or English descent. Yeah. It, it's not a very specific English accent. It's just yeah. English. Yeah. Now, Roundabout himself is of Asian descent, but, like, take that what you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just from Britain. Um, yeah. uh, Reese Darby is the uh, voice of Neil the Eel and is a New Zealand actor and comedian. He yep. uh, played uh, Jim Carrey's boss in Yes Man. Oh. Um, and it doesn't... S- uh, he was Crash's voice in Skylanders Academy. Hmm. He was, um, and he was in Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but Wikipedia is not telling me as who. Hmm. Oh, oh no, he, no, no, he was Hypnopotamus. Oh, Sorry. that guy. Okay. Oh, he was also Randall in Infinity Train. Oh, okay. Oh, and he was Koran in uh, Voltron. Oh, Bad oh show. yeah, Koran's yeah, yeah. Voice Kronz was a good voice in that show. He did yeah. a good job with a bad script. Side yeah. note, Neil the Eel is my favorite out of all of these new characters. Yeah. Truly wild. And then finally, so... um, the other new recurring character, because it's... I was going to mention the voice the voices for um the mechanic and driver characters, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I they're not listed on the Wikipedia, so I don't have them. But... um. Lady Dokuso is Somali Montano. Hmm. Um, another hmm. char- another rare instance of a character not being um, the same nationality as who they play. Um, but hmm. she played... Um, she was the voice of Pudding in Space Channel 5. Huh. She was um, Katana on Beware the Batman. She was hmm. the uh, lady president in Saints Row 4. In Yuna and Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Oh, And if, okay. if you watch Crit Roll, she was guest starred as uh, Nila. Nyla? Oh. One of the two. Yeah. I don't I don't Crit Roll. I don't Crit Roll. Uh, this re- will be re- important to to Abby, who is most definitely listening. Hi, Abby. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reese Darby, going back to him real quick, is also notable as being the only other character to appear in all 22 episodes of Flight of the Concords. Oh. Um, we we talked about... KP, you talked about family being the, the, the big theme of... Mm-hmm. Kim, one of the big themes of Kim Possible of season two. Now, this season of Carmen, that's the big overarching theme for show. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Like, her relationship with Shadow-san, her building upon her relationship with uh, Ivy and... Uh, Fucking uh, Zach. Yeah, Zach. 
Ivy and Zach in general. Ivy and Zach in general. And just like their whole thing and their dynamic and their dynamic with Carmen and how they're just like this weird found family. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how Shadow Song kind of like shakes up their dynamic. And then finding out about Carmen's biological family at the end of the season. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I love now, Shadow um, No, I love Shadow Song. <laughs> Sorry. Shadow Song. Uh, by the way, we finally get to learn his real name, Shadow San, his code name. His real name's Suhara. We don't get a um, surname and don't need one, really. But Suhara was the same uh, name used for Carmen's mentor, the uh, Acme detective, in the Where in the World is Carmen San Diego TV show. Where on Earth is Carmen San Diego uh, TV uh, show, oh. which is also the TV show um, uh, Maelstrom's from. Uh, Gunnar. Oh. Gunnar Maelstrom. Mm, neat. Also uh, a character only in a two-parter in that, but like he was uh, a villain from that TV show. Interesting. Neat. But um, yeah, it, the one thing that I'm kind of sad about with this season is I wanted more of, like, we got it quite a bit of it when they were just kind of, ha- I wanted more Shadow Son, Ivy, and Zach shenanigans. <laughs> I wanted more of that so much because it was f- when they were in Japan and she was forced to listen to them do karaoke. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. The, or the just... shows. Go on. I was just saying, I also liked how much he hated every time Zach insisted he was being trained to be a ninja. And Shadow yeah. Son's like, no. Absolutely not. Never. Will never yeah. happen. <laughs> what were you going to say, Laser? I was going to say that the format of the show isn't really geared for too, too many goof-type downtime things yeah. like that. Each, if it, it, it's very tightly written. If yeah. you know, like every mm-hmm. minute, they don't have, they're not filling for time, so to speak. In, I think it's just a, a what sort of it is a symptom of the way it is being released. Were this to be released, yeah. say, five years ago on, like, an actual TV, like, TV sets and not broadcast through um, yeah. Netflix, yes. it this would have filler, they would pad out the, in addition to the, like, ten episodes that are here, we'd get, like, ten other episodes that are just filler that yeah. give us more of those character interactions but don't contribute to the plot beyond being another cool heist, which I'm not against. But, like, because this is being released on Netflix and they're meant to be binge-watched, yeah. the the um, format requires we strip away a lot of that filler to instead leave room for the broad strokes of the relationships, and then once those are established, we get back to the plot. Yeah. yeah. The, this is, a, like, sort of a... Um... I don't know if we've talked about this on podcast, but no, me and KP have had this conversation about filler isn't always bad. We definitely have talked about it on the show. Yeah, that like filler isn't always bad, and the fact that like, not to say that Carmen doesn't, not to say that Carmen suffers from not having this. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where like I wish there it was there, and that yeah. I am of the very strong opinion that there you should really have moments where you just let the characters kind of exist and breathe and just be characters. Yeah. 
it's all about pacing. And sometimes people would like their pacing to be slower or slow down at times for that. But mm-hmm. this yeah. show is very, very quick paced. We don't stop. Yeah. Carmen's never ending just... world tour has no stops. Yeah. I was going to say it's just shy of being frenetically paced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. Go go. Uh, no, I, I don't really have anything. Else. I was just gonna drill on the point, but yeah, it, it's not badly paced. It's just fast. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, um, a, there's a difference between being you can be slow and fast, but still be badly paced. Yeah, th- that's why I prefer to call it tightly written. <laughs> yes, uh, because it every it's not there's no pacing issues. It that that I can't get that apart strong enough i don't watch this and think like it could have used another few episodes here or there Mm -hmm. because it's a good final product it's a very good final product Mm -hmm. but as a fan of the characters more than the plot necessarily Mm -hmm. not to say i'm not a fan of the plot i am equally interested in the plot i just enjoy character centric things a little more yeah i also want those filler episodes yeah like i'm glad we at least got the one episode that really focused in on shadow son and his um backstory with his brother there was a backstory episode for everyone other than player this season actually yeah well because we got the boston tea party caper was just the question we'd all ask last season how did zach ivy and carmen meet Mm -hmm. yeah and then like the daisho caper was What's Shadow Sans deal? Yeah. yeah. Well, which I really like. <sighs> yeah. And hell, we even got another uh, another episode, not a flashback, but another episode uh, showcasing Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I'm interested to see what more they'll do with Graham. Yeah, because Acme seemed to have their eyes on him, especially now that fucking Carmen pulled some shit with Acme. I'm wondering what they're going to yeah. do with him. Mm-hmm. Like, are they gonna, like... I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. I'm very I did like the way that um, this season had the whole... What's the one I'm looking for? It had that thing where, like, they were... The villains were trying to break the team up. Mm-hmm. And Karma's like, I'm not jumping to conclusions. <laughs> I'm angry. Not jumping to conclusions. Yeah. yeah. And... Sadosan was keeping a secret from her, but, like, once he explained it and they just, you know, talked. Sat down and talked, which never happens. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. God, I was so worried we were gonna get a fucking liar revealed situation in here. Yeah. I would have hated that so much. I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm so sick of the liar revealed plotline. Yeah, I like. I also like that. Like, of course they're gonna commit. They're a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they've always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also helped drill down the thing Carmen was trying to impress upon Shadowson. The entirety of the season of no secrets, <laughs> not on this team. Yeah, no yeah. secrets, and also we we've gotten fine on our own. And I liked that. I don't think Shadowson really. He still doesn't think Ivy and Zach are all that competent, but I like that he appreciates player. 
He appreciates yeah. player. And I think he would appreciate Ivy more, at least, if he, like, knew she was the one who was making all of <laughs> Carmen's gadgets. Yeah. I I want to read a fan fiction that's just all of the capers that Shadow Son went on with player while Carmen <laughs> yeah. was out of commission. Yeah. I would take a spinoff series of that. Yeah, or like a, a mini like a mini episode that was just a montage. Yeah. yeah. Something. I mean, the, um, what was it called? The Ice Caper gave us a little bit of, the African Ice Caper gave us a little bit of that. Yeah. When, it, oh, when yeah. we saw Shadow Son dealing with the that other thing unrelated. Yeah, with uh, La Chevre. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the thing, yeah. I'm also glad that we got to see all the they didn't. I'm glad that this season really focused on trying to introduce some new vile agents, but I'm glad it didn't forget about Lashev and the Mole and Tigress either. And Paper yeah. Star. Paper Star. I love Paper Star. <laughs> Paper Star is fucked up. Like Paper her. Star is wild in that even Maelstrom, the most fucked up of the villains, is like she's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and also out of all the. How do I say this? Out of the first season Vile students, she comes off as the most competent. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, she almost won. She did. Yeah. Like, Tigris and Lashev and the Mole all come off as super incompetent. Tigris and is just fair, I think too that's... petty. Yeah. yeah. And Lashev and the Mole, yeah, are incompetent. They're stupid. Mm. They're fine. I think they're just easily played. Yeah, they're the thing. they're gullible. Like, if because yeah, like their whole that's... thing, to be fair, their whole thing is they should not be interacting with other people on their heists. Yeah, that's like, true. Like 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 they're not trained for that. They don't need to because their thing is if they either get at their thing from above or below. If they can't get at it from either of those directions, they're not on that mission. Okay, let me rephrase that then. Mm-hmm. They're nowhere near as competent as Carmen. Yes. Yeah. Comparatively to Carmen, they are incompetent. Yes, it's like Zenigata. Yeah. Lupin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they are fine when they are nowhere near Team Red. The yeah. second Team Red is in the picture, they're just outclassed. Even though Zack and Ivy, same deal, kind of. They're mostly incompetent only because they're being compared to Player, Shadow Son, and Carmen. Yeah. But we That's saw a damn like, good the... driver though, and she's a damn good uh, engineer. And that in the time she needed to, in the um, fucking oh the nuclear codes, uh... the Stockholm syndrome caper. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Ivy needed to get the nuclear codes by herself, mm-hmm. yeah, she was great. Like she did, she did it all on her own. Got yeah. herself out of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know the one thing that kind of bugged me. Was that like they were trying to find someone to be in their new inner circle. And it's like. On the one hand, I get that they don't want somebody who failed. But on the other hand, Carmen has played all of you also before. (laughs) Not like you're above her playing your dumbasses. Right? Yeah, but pride. Cleo letting in the Duke. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, I like Or in this season. Uh, Carmen gets into Sarah Bellum's lab. Yeah, and not yeah. not through the fault of fucking the eel. Mm-hmm. Neil the eel getting fucking played. 
Yeah. At this point, the only one who hasn't been played is uh, fucking Coach, Coach Brunt. Yeah. No, she got fucking gunched by Shadowson on the last season. Shadowson, not Carmen. Oh yeah, that's. We're not for Shadows. We're not for Shadowson being Deus Ex Machina, or her yeah. trying to to mind game Carmen. She, Coach Brunt could have killed Carmen twice. That's true. Yeah. Very true. And Maelstrom just doesn't get in the field. He has no interest in well, being yeah, no, in the field. Well, you know, that's not his, you know. He wants to, he is the mad scientist cackling evilly in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying yeah. to be Z- Xanatos. I feel like we've been talking a lot, Lizard. Do you have anything you want to? I did, no. I, I, everything I've felt like bringing up on this show, we've already brought up. Uh, I... I really like this show, but I just don't have a lot to say about it. it oh, it, it kind of falls under the JoJo category where I enjoy this. It just doesn't spark something in me. Well, that's why KP's also, here. Yeah. yeah. But this is also the first uh, season, the season where they start introducing, like, quote unquote, evil counterparts to all, to all the, like, Team Red members. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't get players yet. He comes in later. Ooh. But, like, we have the mechanic for Ivy, the driver for Zack. Yeah, roughly people compare Lady Dokuso to Shadow San. Not quite, but they do have. She does get real close to killing Shadow San. She does. Yeah. Um. And Carmen depends on if you think it's Paper Star or Tigress or someone else. It's Paper Star. I think it's Star. Paper Star. Paper Star. I I'd, I'd also compare her to Paper Star. Like Paper Star, which is the one would explain the Shadow San comparison better. Yeah. The, the... Yeah. Paper Stars, out of all the vile agents who've gone after Carmen, she's the one who's come the closest to actually getting her. Yeah. yeah. And, like, again, it com- makes the Lady Dokso Shadow Song comparison mm-hmm. easier to see because, like, Paper Star and Lady Dokso's relationship was supposed to be a mirror of theirs in that episode. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I'm also glad that, like, we got to get the chase. Devino fucking sun always sunny meme, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the the red string. Conspiracy board. Uh just replace Yeah, just replace Pepe Silva with uh La Femme Rouge. La Femme Rouge. Oh, Chase Devino can't catch a break. Well, now he's caught a break, because now he's fucking... Okay, to be entirely fair to him, had he shown up to that island literally a week earlier... He he did it. He figured it out. He did figure it out on his own. I will give him that. He... If he had shown up a week earlier, showed like, he would have got it. The problem is, is that if he had shown up in a week earlier, he'd be dead. He would be dead. He'd be dead, so... The cleaner or in a caught, cell. The yeah, the cleaners would have caught him, and he'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't see the thing with the chief and Carmen's dad coming. Yeah, no that that surprised me. I think it was a well executed um, plot point, personally, because like mm-hmm. plot twist. That's what I wanted. Yes, because like there was nothing like. Nothing that came up beforehand implied it, but nothing like it didn't come out of nowhere. Because like clearly, Shadow Sound was hiding something the whole time. Like the why was he in uh in Brazil? 
why was he in Buenos Aires to begin with? What was he doing there? Mm-hmm. Who sent him there? Mm-hmm. The question that she had for a while, and everyone kept saying the specific phrase ever since we found you as a baby. Mm. Yeah. The um. Never like the why, the how, just. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I really want to know is we haven't, and we haven't touched upon it quite yet, is what is, clearly the Chief has, like, vendetta against Vile. Like, personal vendetta. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? You know? What happened? I think that was meant to be what this episode, was the fact that she killed that man accidentally. Not accidentally. She was like any cop and had a fast trigger th- th- finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Before they got any evidence on who he was or what he was doing, the place burns down. Yeah. So were... she's just failed. Miserable per- failure. Personal failure. Mm-hmm. A black mark on her career. They could have caught Vile if it wasn't for her inexperience. Mm-hmm. And Interpol, as far as I understand, has uh, far more rigorous internal uh, affairs. <laughs> Than yes. most police forces. They do. Yeah, because Interpol doesn't... Interpol really just handles, like, big, like, smuggling things sort of thing. Yeah. It's not, uh... Mm-hmm. It's not petty street crime or enforcing yeah. racism. They they deal yeah. in smuggling and, like, sex trafficking. Yeah. And stuff like that. Anything like that's that... an international crime. Yeah. Stuff that involves crossing borders. Yes, exactly. Which is why the FBI was formed, actually. Because it used to be the way you would escape being wanted was you just go to another state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then the FBI became the international. But well, yeah, no, it, like... it, it, became, it became the interstate. Police. Yes. CIA as soon as is a international. Cr- yeah. Well, CIA isn't even crime. That's that's where spies are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the FBI is just federal police. Yeah, but if a American criminal ends up doing anything internationally, the CIA gets jurisdiction. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're not I watched too many crime crime TV shows. Yeah, you? Yeah. No. Um, but uh, same. Oh, also, I do want to point out that this episode. We've everyone's gone through the assumption the entirety of Carmen that Carmen is Latina. This episode, knowing that her mother is Vera Cruz, gives us confirmation. Yes. Yeah. Also, like she was visibly Latina, but like now we know. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that the that thing of like how Vera Cruz has the same silhouette as um, OG Carmen. Yeah. yeah, and the same red coat and uh, yellow scarf. Yeah. Yep. I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, hot. Uh, here's the thing. I think that Carmen is going to. I think that the end of this series is like by the end of the series, Carmen's going to come close to finding Veracruz, but never actually find her. And then we're gonna do the they were these are my family. I don't need to know who my mom is. Blah 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 thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Do not confirm or deny this, KP. I'm just that's my. That's what I I'm haven't. Out. I still haven't finished the series, so I couldn't tell you. Okay, that's what I'm throwing out into the ether. That yeah. I feel could be fine. I do think it is important to Carmen that she know 
her past, mm-hmm. not because she wants to um, devalue her current found family, but because she just wants to know. Mm-hmm. Like, she'd rather incorporate them into her current family than just make a hard switch. I kind of like the idea of uh, not liking what she finds and just being like, no, fuck this. I got my own family. Hmm. I mean, she did seem visibly shaken finding out her father was a vile agent. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, how long before something bad happens to player? What's the the ETA on that? Right. Like that's eventually going to happen. A season. Like we finally got more of him. You can't come here to my. You can't come to my house. What would my parents say? Oh yeah. my! And we know he's some. He's in Vancouver. I think he said. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Like, we, we've gotten enough hints about player being uh, her secret weapon and being the basically linchpin of the entire operation. It's just a matter of who, is it going to be vile or is it going to be acme? Acme. Acme wouldn't hurt a child is the thing. Acme has the scruples that vile doesn't. I kind of doubt that. No, no, no. Here's the thing. If it is Acme, it is Acme crossing a line, which yeah. is important. But it, it, it that would be that would be the thing. It would be Chief. It would be all about Chief crossing that line. They won't hurt and player. becoming what she hates. They won't hurt player. They just will like capture him or subdue him or detain like, him. Contain him. Yeah. yeah. Stop him from like they'll tell his parents what he's been doing. Yeah. Tattletale, tattletale. And then they'll take away all of his equipment and then, like, you know, make it so yeah. he, can't, he can't do anything. That's what Acme would do. Mm-hmm. Vile will try and fucking kill him. Yeah. Or kidnap him. Or kidnap him. and Kidnap and then kill. Kidnap and threaten, basically use him as bait for Carmen. And then kill them both. And then kill them both, yes. Or modified mind wipe to just remove memories of Carmen. That would be maybe... fucked up. That would be fucked up. That's something Vile would do. It is if Cerebellum had the time and resources to uh, adapt the mind wipe thing. At the moment, they're working out of a coffee place. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> At the moment, they're working out of a coffee place till they get a new HQ. So it'll it'll be, I well, think, it would have to be a season four plot, I think. You've seen season three then? No, no. I'm saying season. It, I'm saying they would have to give it a season. Oh, in theory, I, I, I to, really to set bet up the season new HQ. three. I don't think so because roundabout, roundabout's got that that MI five money MI6. that he can MI six money that he can throw around. Fair. That's, that's true. Well, I'm saying they will get it established season three, but we already know season three is five episodes. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> So season three will probably be like we've established a new base. We have a couple new vile crimes. We are going to ex- extend our plot lines and finish them out. Season four. Yeah. Season gonna... five could be them getting him though. Season four. Well, we... Season four is the end. Season four is the end. I know what I'm saying. The no, I mean the last episode of season. <sighs> the, last the last episode, episode of season... season three could be them ah. getting him. Yeah, no, Fair. the the cliffhanger of season three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's oh, yeah. Also, do you want to point out that the Carmen uh, San Diego interactive movie 
takes yes. place between season two and three. Okay. Uh, I don't canon. have a way of playing that. Um, I don't I have access to once. Netflix. So. I don't either. Well, <laughs> but I know I know you can watch the movie. I don't know if they found a way to adapt that part or if they just show all the bits. Probably, do you want to tell us about do. it? I've seen it. Um, uh, short version. Um, Carmen is on a job in sh- in Shanghai, but during the job, Zack and Ivy get kidnapped by Vile, mm. and threatens to turn them into Vile henchmen unless Carmen steals some objects for Vile. Mm. And Vile gets real into um using her as a tool. Mm. Um. I don't actually know if it takes place between them, but like in production order, it does. Production order, yeah. Um, but <laughs> she can try to save them, but the general idea is she has to play along and go to steal certain things. So she needs to steal okay. a terracotta soldier in uh, Xi'an, China. She okay. um, needs to steal some beluga caviar in Monte Carlo. Mm-hmm. Um. Where she also meets uh, Julia Argent, and you can have, and she can have a whole dance number. Fun, yeah. And Julia and Carmen have even bigger lesbian energy than they do in the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this special, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think I think in terms of like, what's I'm looking for? Timeline. This takes place sometime between. Um, the fashionista caper in the end of season two. Yeah, but Shadowson doesn't make an appearance. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. And by the end, if you get the good ending, uh, there are two good endings. But when you finish the the ending, you get a special bonus scene at the end where Zack and Ivy manage to break themselves out of vial by um singing the uh. 1990s theme for the Where in the World's Carmen San Diego uh, TV show theme. <laughs> the the, yeah. the Rockapella one. Yeah. And it does this whole big <laughs> montage of everyone in the show doing uh, the that Rockapella version. song. Oh, that's fantastic. It's great. It's really <sighs> good. I If nothing else, watch that scene. Yeah. yeah. Nothing else. Watch that scene. All the all the vile uh, faculty and the agents and Carmen. Literally everyone does part of the Rockapella. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good. It's I love that. Great. It's great. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do anything plot wise, and it didn't really have to. But like. Yeah. But I think. I think we're good on season two, okay. of Carmen. Uh, um, KP, you got anything else you want to bring up? Oh yeah, there's one thing, very small, okay. uh, but a thing that I remember bugged me the first time I watched this season mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. I like I think Zach's great, he's stupid, mm-hmm. but whatever. I I wanted him to be a gay character just because I had want to put my grubby hands on everything. Yeah. And then, like, the Need for Speed caper established he is not. And that made me sad at the time. I, it's fine. Their yeah. decision, not mine. And Ivy is so clearly a lesbian, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember that did make me sad at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I. But I've... as far as women go, that was the driver is a, an attractive woman. I'll give you that. She is. Yeah. And uh, Ivy is butch as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I've only got one last thought, and both Zack and Ivy and Shadow Sun have great choices in karaoke songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More than a feeling yeah. and suspicious minds. Great great karaoke choices. Mm-hmm. And those are the songs taking us in and bringing us out of this segment. <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> um, Alright. We're going to take one more short break and upon our return we're going to close this bitch out. We'll see you then. Now back to the show. Do you see how your patience paid off? And welcome back, everybody, to Acme Podcast Incorporated for the last time this episode. Uh, this was a good episode. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we kept it tight. Kept it ship shape. Lean. Yep. Uh, probably not as lean as last time, but, you know, that's what technical difficulties do. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, if you enjoyed the show, please. Rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you're listening to this. Don't forget, tell all your friends. We yeah. You could yeah. use the word of mouth around here. Exactly. Yeah, we really, really, really could. Yeah. Uh, but remember to reblog and retweet the the po- episode posts on Tumblr and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Support us. Yes, and also support small podcasts. Yes, you can also contact us through email at acmepodcastinc at gmail dot com. That's acmepodcastinc at gmail dot com. Kai, can I hear that one more time? That's acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. KP, can I get that one more time? acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at, at Inc. Podcasts. That's at Inc. Podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr at Kai. Where can they find us on Tumblr? Uh, you can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcast.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcast.tumblr.com. The ask box is open, and speaking of that, we have an ask. Oh-ho. Uh, Anonymous asks, if you could pick one video game to adapt into an anime series, what would it be? Good question. Hmm. Can, you, can you read it again? If you could pick any video game to be adapted into an animated series, what would it be? Yakuza. Mmm. Psychonauts. Um. Yeah. Spyro of the Dragon. I think Spyro of the Dragon would make a great cartoon. I also, I, I yeah. agree, mm-hmm. but I feel like it'd be one of those things where like. You would it would be its own little mini continuity inside the franchise. I mean, yeah, yeah. but I mean that's the Spyro is no stranger to that sort of thing. Mm. 
I would also really like to see a um a Kingdom Hearts anime, but that me that me. I would like a Kingdom Hearts anime to be an adaptation of the manga. Yes, please. The manga is fantastic. <laughs> if you haven't read the Kingdom Hearts manga, go read the Kingdom Hearts manga. It's fucking <laughs> great. Go on. Uh, I I would like one based on uh, the first uh, Fable game. Not really like the plot of the first Fable game, but like the setting of the first one. Mm. The setting and the tone. It it Fable's weird because it does to a fantasy setting what uh, Kim Possible does to superhero settings. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's like, are you a hero, or villain? Great, we have a school to teach you how to do that. Yeah. I. I don't think it would work as a show, but I think it'd be a fun movie. Is a uh, medieval. Yeah. Medieval, yeah. Yeah. I would love a medieval. Like I think it would work as like a short or as a movie, but I don't think you could make a full series out of medieval. Like you'd have to really change up the formula of what the game is about. We're talking about the the talking skeleton. Well, the moving skeleton one, right? Yeah, long, yeah, yeah, yeah. It had a remake not that long ago, or so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. That, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, medieval. Yeah, I I call it medieval because it's spelled weird. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think if you based it on the sequel, you'd have a lot more room for plots though to make it a TV show. Yeah, yeah. The, I actually really like the sequel. The uh, sequel's really good. What I would do is make a movie for the first game, mm-hmm. and then make the second game the TV show. Yeah. Because no, the time travel gives you a lot more room. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, I would love a Dark Souls anime. Legit. Mm, <laughs> not an anime for me. I want an I or or a Castlevania scenario, where it's like a Western thing, but it's animated by. For me, you know, part of for me, what I would like to see is like a weird, you, you know, like those like weird Slavic animation animated movies mm. from like the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Dark Souls done in that format. No, you know what I want from Dark Souls? I want it to be a, like a, a bunch of um, short stories, all animated in different styles. Within the Dark Souls. I feel Souls. like okay. I'd rather have it be, this is going to be a controversial opinion, I think if done correctly, it could be fine as a live action thing. Yeah, it definitely could. Instead it of could. animated. It could. But I don't, I think in any case, I want it to be minimal dialogue. Yeah, it, the, it really needs hero... to mostly be narration if anything no no narration no either. just atmospheric mm. like i need the 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 protagonist the ashen one whichever we're using chosen undead no dialogue cannot yeah. speak i think it would work best as like again snippets of like characters within the universe and stories about them or side stories that are all just like either different animation styles or like they're just telling they're just fleshing out the world you know. Okay, you know what? I, I know exactly what I want from a Dark Souls animated series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want the story of the Forgotten, of the Nameless King. Oh, yeah, and the, the war with the dragons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I want that story finished up. I, I want all the gaps filled in on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the, the you know what the, the plot is. Right? It's like, he betrayed yeah, his I know. father we to don't... fight the dragon, yeah. to side with the dragons. No, we know the big plot points, but we don't know the nitty gritty. It's the st- we we don't have the individual parts. Mm-hmm. We know the beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story is more than just its beats. I would like to see um, a dot like, and if we are making this like a bunch of snippets of like fleshing out the Dark Souls lore, I think one of the snippets I would do. Is a uh, again minimal dialogue, obviously, but like I want to see Artorius's battle with uh, Manus. Yeah, and how he sacrificed himself to save Sif, and how he was corrupted into what we see him in the actual game. Like I think stuff like that, as like a bunch of short stories collected into a, a thing, like a movie or something, that'd be really cool. Um, I also want to point out. I, because I have not mentioned the the thief franchise in uh, a week, mm-hmm. it must I must mention it. Yeah. I think it would be a good franchise to adapt into a movie, TV show, what have you. Yeah, um, it, it has been zero days since KP has talked about the thief franchise. I haven't talked about it on the podcast before. It's true, uh, but it shocks no one. Given I was here for Lupin, I'm here for Carmen. Um, mm-hmm. It's your brand. Yeah. yeah, but like Garrett's a neat character. Uh, he doesn't break any ground because he was that early in video games <laughs> that yeah. he actually did, and it's just been f- forever. Yeah. Um, but like the 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 setting of Thief is really neat, and it is just Dishonored though. So like you could also just make a Dishonored <laughs> Dishonored cartoon, yeah, slash movie, and have the basically the same setting, and I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. Um. The only other brutal one, legend, a brutal legend. The, the only other one I can think of is I want like a good Devil May Cry anime. That's yeah. It. I'm not asking for a lot. No, reminds me. I need to watch the Bayonetta OVA. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. That's uh, yeah. That's my answer. That's it. Mm-hmm. Anything Laser? else? No. Uh, Laser. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. Now the real answer here is 5D chess of multiverse time travel. Yes. Mm. <laughs> That's the real answer. The real answer. Mm-hmm. I'd like them to take another shot at Dragon's Dogma. Yeah. And it'd be actually good. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I hope that That's answers it. your question, Anon. Thank you for the question. Yep. Uh, we In the email, we have an invitation to a service called Podmatch that matches podcasts to guests. Oh, and oh podcasters to other podcasts to be guests oh that's kind of neat uh called podmatch i need to listen 
I need to look up on this to make sure it's on the up and up. Yeah, yeah. But if it is, uh, that's a great. Yeah, that sounds neat. Yeah. A cross pro, cross promotion is always um, you know, helpful. Yeah. Yep. But other than that, uh, nothing in the email. All right. Um, so that's how you get in touch with the show. But if you want to get in touch with us. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @turbohoncho. That's at T U R B O H O N C H uh, O. KP, how can they find you since you're the guest? Um, I am on Twitter at uh, at Kuiper Nebula. That's at K U I P E R N E B U L A. No spaces. And it is the same same for my Tumblr. K U I P E R N E B U L A. All right, and Kai, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at kaiju underscore emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. Uh, and you can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju dash emperor, spelled the exact same way. And that's retweet three blogs, things I like. But if you want anything original from me, or if you like tabletop stuff, I also have a side blog on Tumblr called Kai's Tome. That's K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. And that's where I post uh, my D and D homebrew stuff and retweet and I mean uh, reblog uh, other D and D homebrew things like maps and other people's creations. Speaking uh, of, oh, yeah, I'm actually getting a thing published soon. Oh yeah. Oh. Um. Well, I uh, something I wrote is being published in a thing is a better way to put it. So um I so David Prokopetz is uh, like a figure around um Tumblr. David J. Prokopetz, and he did a not game jam a while back, which is being um, compiled into a uh, volume called Gaming with Godot. And my entry for that is going to be published in it. So it, it will be free, and I suggest you all check it out for a thing I wrote. Mm-hmm. All right. And, uh... Well, that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... Y'all, uh, y'all don't be jackasses. We'll catch you next time. Bye! Bye Bye-bye. Over there? I guess. B-b-barbarian!